I think I know where you're going with this, Renee, and let me tell you, you cook me a tofu steak that's half as good as this one, and I will bow to your vegan gods, okay? <laughs> but if not, then you must move along. <laughs> Drop it. Duncan and both come correct. Because we've got to talk about dumb teenagers. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're talking about dumb teenagers. Indeed, Duncan. And here we are live. Welcome to another episode of Duncan and Bo Come Correct. Uh, continuing uh, our series, Duncan and Bo Slash Fiction, in which we are uh, winding our way through the slasher series. There was some concern in between seasons that uh, perhaps uh, season two was just going to be too darn good, Duncan, for us to do our, our normal goofery. Well, I said to you just before we went live there that weirdly it hasn't been a lot of time since we finished season one, but in the in the COVID world where time is but a flat circle, Bo, I went in super opt. I don't know why. I just I bounced into this one last night going, right, let's do this. I am in the mood for some slasher. Um and found out very quickly that this show almost is almost when they're making it as if they're begging it to be ridiculed, and we will take up that mantle. Right? Yeah, yeah. The, they they give us the the slap across the face with the glove of "How dare you, sir!" Uh, and and uh, and we bid them a good day. Um, so uh, here's what happens on the show. If you've never listened before, if you've never watched before, what we do is up front we're gonna. Uh, talk about a couple of movies, good and bad, that we mm-hmm. have seen since last we spoke, and uh, and it has been a bit uh, in terms of movies. Of course, you get the super special Duran Duran episode, and thanks to everyone who checked that out. We actually, like a lot of poor, unsuspecting fools who were just looking for good old-fashioned Duran Duran talk, uh, check that out. And uh, And I apologize to those people, because yes, there was some music analysis, but... Mm, not much. It's mostly it's like, just fucking around. It's, it's like when we approach any subject, boy, I like to think we insert our personalities right in there. Yeah, we get our in, our personalities way deep up in there. And yes. pound of flesh, boy, we have to demand a pound of flesh on yeah. any topic. So, uh, first of all, uh, thanks for everyone who checked that out. Thanks for, for joining us uh, this season. I will tell you uh, right off the bat, we do have a good question for uh, right before. And that's what we do. We do the movies, and then we do some questions if we have some. And then uh, we jump into the slasher conversation. Um, and, uh, yeah, real good question this time around. But if you want to throw a question into the chat, I will be uh, keeping an eye in that direction here and there. Uh, mm-hmm. so that we can uh, nab those questions greedily snatch up good questions like gold duncan um <laughs> not sure what's going on here uh and <laughs> all of a sudden became the leprechaun oh the leprechaun uh <laughs> i don't no have way. my flashlight stop it man i'm the leprechaun yeah, I'm I'm the leprechaun. leprechaun. yeah. don't be silly my party horn we are about to do uh, Orca on Pick Six movies in the oh nice and the terrible impression of Richard Harris that is going to come out of that. Is, oh, Richard Harris is a is a is is a gold mine. I uh, yeah, <laughs> and I mean it's a terrific movie. Anyway, I don't I don't want to pimp other shows, so I'm going to do that here in a minute. What's um, the what's the, the I take it the theme is Jaws ripoffs. It is yeah the the whole theme of the season is it's like Jaws, uh, and the premiere will be Friday with Grizzly. 
It's like Jaws Jim, but not as we know it. Is that what you're saying? It, we, right. It's, you know, like when you're describing these movies, it's like Jaws, yeah. except, you know, insert the other animal or situation or whatever. You literally so, do anything to talk about alligator again, won't you? It, that is coming up. On the, <laughs> don't don't even worry about it. Alligator will be making an appearance. Ramon the alligator. Um, I have forgotten that the little girl names that alligator Ramon. right don't you dare flush me down this toilet ramon (laughs) will not stand for it uh if you flush me down this toilet ramon will grow 50 times his size now and soon he will eat all of you um that's my ramon the alligator impression yeah coming soon um but uh yeah so uh that, so that's been real fun and uh, let's just get into some movies so let's quit screwing around uh we let's talk about some movies good and bad mm-hmm. um and so let's uh let's start dunk uh you you got one you got one in the chamber you got one at the yeah rail? i do um so i have i have actually released an episode on this recently but it's probably worth talking about because it's available on arrow channel so the arrow player which is now like available in the states and in the uk through your streaming devices and the website and whatnot and um, you get 30 days free so it's basically they're putting up an alternative to shudder at the moment. It contains Arrow titles, but also contains a kind of curated list that they bring on for a limited time period. Kind of like, I don't know if you guys got uh, Mubi over there? M-U-B-I? The... Uh, maybe. There's like yeah. 1,200 of them now, Duncan. <laughs> I don't know. So so Mubi, like their whole kind of modus operandi is purely curated lists of movies. So they'll get a director who curates a list of movies for a month. And they're there for a month, and then after that they're gone. Um so it kind of, you know, you can kind of dip in and dip out. Uh, so Arrow are kind of doing that along with their own titles. But what they've been specifically doing is they've been movies that they will be putting out on Blu-ray, like in the next two, three months, they're bringing them to the channel early so people can experience them like in a streaming environment, you know, maybe inform a decision whether or not to buy them. Um, and the movie that I checked out recently was called Threshold, which has just dropped and apparently had quite a good festival run. And I really liked this movie, but it's it's not what I was expecting specifically from the blurb. So this is a movie that's completely shot on iPhones. So kind of think uh, like Tangerine. That's sort of kind of, it's all iPhones are unseen. Uh, the Soderbergh movie, all, all iPhones, all shot. And I mean, it doesn't look, there are certain camera angles that very much look like, and some camera kind of tomfoolery, that's very much like... Uh, you know, well, that's an iPhone you've stuck to the side of a door and then closed it, that sort of thing. Um, but for the most part, it's all shot on iPhones. It's, a, it's mostly a character study. It's about a, a brother who goes back to pick up his sister who was a drug kind of fueled maniac in the past but has went to rehab, rehab and possibly relapsed. Um, and he's there to pick her up, and they've been estranged for a while. It was all messy when she said some bad things, and then he'd, like stop talking. And when he goes there, she basically says to him, "Listen, what you like? I know I look like I'm sick from drugs, but I'm not. The rehab facility you sent me to was actually like a cult, and they performed this weird ceremony. And what it's done is it's tethered me to someone else who was in a similar position. And the kind of side effect of that is." Whatever he feels is what I feel now. So if he takes drugs, I get the effect. 
uh, and vice versa. Um, and of course, she doesn't believe her. So she kind of talks him around to going cross-country on a road trip to track down the other half of the tethering uh, to find out whether or not she's actually telling the truth and if she's not, she ends up in rehab. And that's the kind of setup for it, but it's just a really good character piece. The two main actors are really funny, warm, engaging, kind of heartfelt, tragic in parts. And it's mostly just a road movie, but this has been pitched squarely as a horror movie and it becomes a horror movie in the last five minutes, which is kind of amazing. Um, but also has that wicked sense of humour about it. it. To me, it feels like a festival movie as opposed to a horror movie, if you know what I mean. Um, sure. sure. And there's a lot to glean from it, and I'm glad that Arrow's picked it up, and I'm glad that Arrow's putting it out, but the way they are kind of selling the movie, I think will have a negative impact from people that are expecting much more from it than it actually does. So the movie is called Threshold. It is available on the Arrow player right now. Um, you can jump across, like I say, you can get 30 days free on the player and then cancel it if you don't want it. Um, but it is getting a Blu-ray release in July. But yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was surprisingly good. The character interactions reminded me a lot of um, the Innkeepers. Um the, the two the two characters that's that, a high bar i really i really yeah, well, well, I just, a lot. yeah I, I just like their I, it's they, they just feel like a brother and sister that make like it just feel like the 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 banality of some of the conversations are just and like the 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 script is written in such a way where like in some movies i hate like when characters come together that are supposed to, you know they're best friends or whatever and because we need to exposit some of what's happened when one of them mentions something they then tell them the whole backstory you know remember that time that you we drove to richmond the character's like yeah but then the character goes on yeah we drove to richmond and then it was a flat tire like, you're not that you never speak to your friends like that because richmond's enough like the, all the memories are there but some movies feel the need to push that and threshold doesn't like that and i kind of i kind of like it like there's in jokes between the two characters that you know you don't fully get but it tickles the characters and that makes sense to me that's more organic so I, I just felt that was one of its strengths and yeah the last five minutes is kind of fucking brilliant so all right um, that, that's exciting like that description kind of reminds me of a description of something like she dies tomorrow mm, or something like that where yes where it's like this is not a movie for everybody but mm-hmm. if you like that kind of artsy festival sort of film then it hits that nerve for you real well like i she dies tomorrow is a movie that i don't really recommend to a lot of people outside of you know kind of diehard cinephiles or horror fans but it's one that i think about a fair amount like that's a really interesting movie yeah this is a great movie but i'm with you it's one of those ones where i mean where do you start? Right. <laughs> like, like, you almost kind of have to get them to fill a questionnaire in before. Do you like movies like Pontypool? <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's that kind of level where, like, did you like the premise of, did you understand the premise of Pontypool, right? Now let's give you an artistic movie to, you know, to, to weigh things out for the, you know, you're kind of almost having to do like three or four ticks before you go, right, well, I can recommend this movie. And if they fail any of those ticks, then you're like, uh, this probably isn't the movie for you. Do you, yeah, give me a a five word response to "Under the Silver Lake," and I'll tell <laughs> you based on that how much you'll like "She Dies Tomorrow." 
<laughs> nice. Yeah, it was a waste of time. Oh, fuck, that's six. You know, then you're like, all right, yeah, you can skip. She dies tomorrow. Um, so was that? That's your good, right? That's my good, yeah. Okay, so let me let me pair that with my good. Um, which is all right. This is a little bit of shameless self promotion, but I, oh. you know, I don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> so recently on Hero Hero Go Show, we started doing the One Miss Call series. I know because a, a a certain chap that joined you records a William Castle box set with me, and he was talking on our last recording about how much fun he had finally making his appearance on Hero Hero Go Show. Yeah, so Derek uh, Bourgeois is with us for the, uh, this run of One Miss Call films. Uh, right, it was just a matter of time. I'm finally uh, getting around to getting Derek on the show where he belongs. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's my good is the original One Miss Call. It had been a while and and doing a bit of a deep dive on it where like, oh, let me really sit down with this movie and really pay attention to the beats and the colors and the music and like really examining it as a piece of of cinema. Mm. And, you know, when uh, Takashi Miike is at the helm, that turns out to be real rewarding (laughs) because he can't not make interesting movies. Like, even some of his crazy manga-inspired stuff is really interesting. Like, you know, Sukiyaki Western Django is Mm -hmm. a really interesting movie, (laughs) you know, that has nothing to do with horror, but it's really interesting. Um, I really want to see that Phoenix Wright movie he he did because I like the game, I like courtroom dramas, and I like Takashi Miike, and I want to see if there's any cum in the movie. That's what I'm curious about. But uh, anyway, so I got to sit down and really deep dive on on uh, one missed call, and man, I love that movie so much. It mm. it there is a, a spirit of sort of malevolent glee that kind of permeates that movie where Miike just doesn't give a fuck and is really going for scares in any way he can get them. He's like mm-hmm. a real whore for scares in that movie in a way yeah. that I really appreciate where he's just like, Oh, how about this creepy hand on the shoulder? That didn't do it. How about this jump scare over here? That didn't work. How about this ghost walk on the ceiling? Nothing yet. All right. How about this corpse that looks like a Fulci movie? Nothing. Yeah. All right. How about this possession thing? All right. Now we got you. It's just like there's that giant set piece in the middle of the movie at the television studio that's just remarkable and really tense and fantastic that culminates in this girl getting twisted up like a pretzel before your eyes. It's so goddamn good. It's one of those movies that when I watched it again, I felt guilty for not watching it more. Because mm-hmm. it's like, this is, like, forget J-horror or Asian horror or whatever. This is just one of the best horror movies of the 2000s. Just full stop. One of the, the like, I feel like it got short shrift in, in that summer series in some ways. But, man, mm-hmm. One Missed Call is terrific. I'm looking forward to revisiting because it's up in... We're doing the trilogy for a Russian roulette franchise retro. I want to say in like two months' time. So, and I've not seen past two. So, um, I've never seen the third one. Did you know Duncan? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I didn't before uh, doing doing a lot of my homework for this series. There was a one miss call television show that takes place between one miss call two and one miss call three. 
no. that <laughs> continues the story somewhat, but it is completely unavailable. Like I've had, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I had Richard Glenn Schmidt looking for this thing for me, and that man knows how to find some obscure stuff. You put Richard on the case, yeah, and, and that's he, like that's that's you know that's like bringing a nook to a gunfight. I, well, it was like, yeah, I had to sit down with him like, Mr. Holmes, I, well, I've got quite the, the conundrum. Turns out it was a locked room and I can't find the one missed call television series. And and I... Indubitably, Mr. Ramsdell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, suck it on his meerschaum. And uh, yeah, he, I, he got back to me. He was like, I can't. There's nothing out there, man. I just can't find nothing. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, if anyone, I said it on that show, but if anyone has a line on the one missed call television series from like 2010, I am super curious to see that movie. <laughs> I believe so. we call this in the, in the, in the podcast bids, uh, hook your boy up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hook your boy up. He's a big one missed call fan. And what it like, but that's the thing is nobody's ever seen one missed call three. Because yeah. nobody, not even the people who made it. And the reason is, uh, is you start watching these movies and you're like, one missed call is amazing. And then you watch one missed call too. And you're like, Oh, that was not as good. <laughs> and then people just stop that. Like, you know, there's another one, you know, I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah I, now one missed call is great. Yes. Yes, it is. But, but we are not stopping Duncan. We're going to go, we're going to do something. No other show has ever done, which is watch one missed call three. Yeah, and I am. Uh, I'm going to be close on your heels, but I, I'm, yes. what I'm not looking forward to is that I know for a fact before I before I even start the series, the likelihood of you telling me how bad that third movie is is going to be going to be high, and then I'm going to be like, oh no, <laughs> it's like it's like being on the Titanic, being warned of the iceberg well in advance, but sadly you've already committed to the route. Right? Yeah, I just can't get out of this. Like I'm saving. <laughs> I got it cheap. I'm saving 20% on the ticket. <laughs> and what am I going to do? Not go? <laughs> I'd, I'd be a fool. Um, I might be a fool, but I'm not a damn fool. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. It, anyway, enough one missed call uh, filleting. But, boy, it just, it, it was one of those things. It's the new, like, arrow set that has yeah, beautiful Blu-ray transfers. And, yeah, I've got it right here, still to open it. So. Uh, yeah, that's sitting upstairs right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a terrific, terrific set. Looks fantastic. And here's the thing, like, One Miss Call 2, maybe not a great movie, but when you're watching, you're, you're going to think to yourself, this movie has never looked better. It may not be yeah. great, but this movie <laughs> looks fantastic. Oh yeah, I know. Like this year, particularly the last year and a half, um, really up to Asian content. Uh, what Ramadan is coming? Of, yeah, the trilogy, July, the box yeah. set. Woo! But yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, just, yeah. Just dropped that. Out. I love the fact that they've just right after that Gamera set, which is legit amazing. I've not opened it yet because it's like it needs a wing of the house to itself. Um, but yeah, like b between that and just some of the, like the the stuff they did with the Invisible Man versus the Human Fly set that they released, the Black Test Car, which I watched recently, which was really good. Um, yeah, they've they've just they used to put out the occasional kind of Mickey title here or there, but they had like they always had like um, you got, like Pulse and stuff. 
and Dark Water they put them out in Blu-ray in the past, but for whatever reason, and in the last year and a half, they've clearly made some inroads over there, and they're just putting out a ton of awesome stuff. Also helps that they they are the main distributors now for um, Third Window Distribution, who put out a ton of stuff like um, uh, One Cut of the Dead and things like that. So Arrow's the payment company of them now. So I, I think they've probably made quite a lot of contacts through that. But yeah, there's just loads coming to be excited about. So yeah, can't wait. Speaking of not being able to wait, give me your bad movie. So it's not a bad movie. It's a bad scene, Bo. And this is a scene that almost brought us to blows once before. So uh, I'm going to try and keep it concise. Me and my my harem of uh, Twin, Twin Peaks watchers on the Teapot's cast commentaries uh-huh. on Thursday nights have started season two with Gusto. And we got to that second episode in season two, which contains the song Just You and I. And you know, I, I fucking hate that song. I hate it. The only thing yeah. that's like, the only thing that saves that, because I'd like it started happening, I was like, oh, fuck my ring, honestly. To have to deal with this again, forgetting that the scene that comes right after is the infamous Bob crawls over the sofa scene. Oh, that's amazing. Right. There's a ton of Bob uh, in, in the early goings of that second season. Well, it's David. I think David Lynch directed the first two episodes, and that's why. Because that first episode back is where you get the nightmare scene in the train car. So the actual oh, death of yeah. Laura Palmer. So you get all that, and it's fucking terrifying and then that second you know that second episode i, I was literally sitting there going this is the worst bit the the, the, the whole s- singing this shit and then i was like oh wait one second actually like all straight come back to me um and yeah so i had to wade through the awfulness of that song to get the glory of of creepy bob crawling over the chairs and i will say this i've I, i've gained the duncan and Bo go to twin peaks episodes a couple of new listeners who like Kate, if Kate's watching, mm. Kate has arrived at that like about four years too late. Um, so I love the fact that she keeps messaging us to tell us how funny certain bits are, but I can't remember. Like I can't remember half of it. And I just assume everyone's listened to it as well. So until she started listening, the first three or four episodes of Twin Peaks were watching every time Hawk comes on screen, I go, like this, and they were like, What are you doing? I'm like, Oh, that's right, you didn't. How do you not know this? This is the universal sound for. I was like, this is like mine and Bo's universe. You don't, you don't, you will be acquainted. You will understand it soon. But we're about to get like the jokes start coming to me, like as I'm watching it, and when I remember certain things we've done, and one of them I completely blocked up my memory is we're about to meet uh, Mr. Smith, or as we we uh, we voiced him as Agent Smith. Mm-hmm the matrix so there's a whole wing of nonsense because we're talking about how funny certain things are and it's like oh wait till we get to mr tajimura <laughs> just like a, uh, tajimura is asian our, brimley is yeah. asian brimley which is the greatest like to wait wait till we get to this and you're gonna have so much fun but my bad because i have really haven't watched a hell of a lot of stuff since we uh, last recorded that is worth noting of here out with the stuff of the summer series. Um, so yeah, the thing I want you to double down on is I do not like that song. And I know that you can have a soft spot for it. So we'll I mean, it's it. terrible. I, I'm not <laughs> defending it as a good it's, song. It's the bit where they're, they're playing it, right? And uh, he's got this like weird echo on his, his microphone, which doesn't make sense. But he's playing it and then a bass guitar comes in. There's no bass guitar there. And then a drum kit comes in. There is no drum kit there, Bo. 
It's Donna. She's a one man band. <laughs> well, that's where symbols between her knees and like at this part of the season, Donna's wearing Laura Palmer's sunglasses, so she's big. She's getting a bit of the Palmer in her, and at the same time, she sees him making eyes at you look like Laura and yeah. Mandy, um, and you look like jail. Laura. That's uh, literally. It. You, I you forgot. Look like Laura. How, yeah, <laughs> it's all the way through our recording, by the way, and it gets worse. We don't. We hardly do it. And season, actually, when you go back and listen, if you ever get the chance, go back and listen to us. We are relatively straight in that whole first season. And then something, I know why it is, the second season isn't very good and we had to make it entertaining. But that second season is where half of the shenanigans come up. Half The other half was sprinkled throughout, you know, Westworld and X-Files at that point. Well, that's what I've told them. I've already told them, like, when, when you finish getting through Twin Peaks, you need to do the X-Files episodes and then you need to get through the Westworld episodes just to understand the Duncan and Bo verse. Right, right. Yes, there are duplicates and droids and all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, it gets very crazy. What's your bad? Oh, uh, I won't spend too too much time on this, but speaking of not being a damn fool, so, you know, I watch a lot of crap uh, horror movies, uh, especially... Yes, yes, yes. Especially during the day, like to, uh, the, here recently, it's been kind of busy at work, and mm-hmm. one of my uh, sort of ways to kind of navigate a, a dull day of doing some relatively mindless kind of programming is all through a shit horror movie on because I don't have to pay that much attention, right? Like I'm not, I'm not doing a deep dive or nothing. I'm just curious, like. <laughs> Because every now and again, you'll run into one of those that's pretty good, and I'll put that on the shelf and be like, all right, I need to pay attention to this movie. But, mm-hmm. you know, here's something I can cross off my list. And and the <laughs> so the uh, sub-clause of that is really what I want to get to, uh, which is that I can also mark whole swaths of movies off by the director. So, so I watched one recently called Swarmed, which was, you know, just kind of a killer bug movie, but I was sort of in the mood for something like that, you know, like. Is that the one with the wasps? Uh, yeah. No, they're hornets, I think. Hornets? Is that, I'm trying to remember, because I have seen it, is that that Lance Henriksen? No. No, 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 no. no. This wasn't even Lance Henriksen quality. Uh, Oh, dear. You got got a Carol (laughs) Alt, I think is probably the biggest name in it. I have um, seen it. I definitely have. No, it's Stung I'm thinking about. Not Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you're... About right. Stung. Yes. The, Stung is a far, far superior film. Um, Swarmed is directed by a guy named Paul Ziller, which I looked up because I was like, this, A, does not feel like this guy's first movie, and mm. B, feels like he does a lot of these shitty movies. <laughs> and I was sure enough right, and I have here, Duncan, a quick list of Paul Ziller films. This is in by no means comprehensive, but here are movies I don't have to watch now. Uh Ball the Storm God, 2010 Moby Dick, Stonehenge Apocalypse, Polar Storm. If that doesn't do it for you, how about Solar Storm? Oh, I'm sorry, Solar Attack. Solar Attack, Polar Storm. I don't want to confuse those. Um Let's see what else. Monster Island, Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus, the a remake of the Philadelphia Experiment, apparently. Uh, Android Apocalypse, and a, a <laughs> this is my personal favorite, a Transformers ripoff entitled Metal Shifters. <laughs> so, 
I don't have to watch any of those movies. Anytime I see the name Paul Ziller now, I can I can cross that off. An old 2010 Moby Dick has my curiosity peaked. <laughs> Moby Dick 2010. Okay, so that features, because that, that I was like, maybe the the premise of that instead of it being you know a whaling vessel it's a guy in a submarine uh hunting a whale so you can see how this cheap film is put coming together where you just shoot the submarine on a set well you can you can literally it feels like an unfair advantage to the submarine because you just shoot you just shoot a fucking torpedo (laughs) Right. Yes. You yes, you could absolutely murder a whale with a torpedo. I don't know that you it can, would even you can explode. wipe out a con- you can wipe out a country with a torpedo. So I'm I'm just right. saying that. <laughs> I I think right, I don't think the the torpedo would actually explode. It would just punch through the whale <laughs> because the whale's just soft tissue. <laughs> I mean, it's like shooting a giant gun at a whale at that point. I just I can't wait to see the 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 you know the pitch for this one. You've all seen Moby Dick; it's amazing. So what I'm saying is, we mix it with Das Boot. Um, like let's kill it. let's bring them together. A, l- a little smidgy hunt for Red October in there. Uh, a little bit of Crimson Tide, and we've got a movie, people. Now I need to say the quality is not of any of those movies at all. Uh, we only have one set location and fifty thousand dollars to make it happen. Who's with me? Yeah, I, I'm. I can already in my mind see that scene where the whale hits the submarine and a bunch of hoses fall, like the Star Trek thing where everyone's yeah. like, oh. "Oh, yeah, exactly." <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm doing this a bit as a public service and also uh, t- to say that you know. Yes, I watch shitty movies, but I also have some standards where when I see one and someone is responsible for a bunch of other ones, I don't watch those. Yeah. So I can be taught. Um, <laughs> speaking of being taught, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I glanced over to, uh, to check the question that I have on the table. Mm-hmm. And it was just at the point, because I'm also monitoring the video feed, and it was just at the point where you were waving back and forth. <laughs> and it was very silly, uh, which I, I really appreciated. Um, so, spare no expense, both spare no expense. Yeah, no, we're boy. Uh, oh, I wonder if uh, Robert just sent me the. All right, I'll check that out. If that is, if that is in fact the one missed call series, sir, you are a godsend. Um, speaking of. He has a question that I really, really liked. Maybe it's just because it's something that's uh, been a bit on my mind as well. Uh, but Duncan, yes, prepare to uh, to wisely, sagely answer a question. Here it is. <laughs> Do you have any uh, words of advice or encouragement for someone who has long wanted to learn something new, but played by fears of not only not succeeding, but fears of what others may think and or if it's age appropriate? Be it trying to learn the basics of a different language or inspired by Liam's skateboarding, how can someone fight uh, discourage or discouragement maybe uh, before their adventures? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, anyway, now is not the time to edit. 
Uh, I'll, I'll get out the red pen later. How can mm-hmm. someone uh, fight discourage uh, before their adventure has even really begun? Is it ever okay to abandon something within the early stages and admit defeat or uh, being foolish? Um, so, uh, Duncan, yeah, you can take first crack at that. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm notorious for like the, I'm probably the best place actually to answer this question, but um, just in the interim, when it comes to obsession, like I like I have, and I mentioned this before in the recording, my brain is wired just a little bit different from the majority of people out there, and that when I decide to set my mind to something it goes all in. I dedicate a huge portion of my waking thought, which is a lot because I don't sleep that well, um, towards doing something. Now, that comes with its pros and its cons. The pros are that I, you know, I will try and free up every available waking hour to achieve something or learn something. Um, And that level of dedication comes with a huge amount of research that comes with it. So I'll do a lot of reading into something. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, a lot of kind of video watching. Uh, I will speak to people that have done said thing before, before I progress myself into it. The negative side of that is that I bore of things very quickly. Like once I've achieved what I set out to achieve, um, I no longer see the purpose of maintaining it which is the massive negative aspect in that I will dedicate a huge amount of time to things that in the long run are probably inconsequential out with a five-minute podcast conversation five years from now when someone asks something about a particular topic that I seem to have a huge amount of knowledge of but haven't really taken it any further forward. Um, I think like, I, there's, I think there was a part of time where people couldn't really progress beyond what they'd learned in the first 20 years, 25 years of their life. I think they were very much stuck in a rut. I think technology, the the way it's traveling so fast and moving so fast, it, it basically means that every generation is very malleable when it comes to picking up new skills, whether that be computer-based, physical, um, you know, language-based, musical. There's there's a lot of different avenues to go down. And I think ultimately the biggest obstacle in, in, in achieving any of those things um, is kind of twofold on yourself. One is ability. Like some people just aren't built to be able to do certain things. And that can be physically speaking. Uh, like some people don't have the correct... I have the... I have a weird build my body's shaped quite weird that i should in theory because of my broad shoulders i should in theory be really good at weightlifting i am terrible at weightlifting um i am however really good at running um and my body's not built that way you know like i i, I shouldn't be able to do that um but you're like a bumblebee and I've got a strange, like, it really is, the older I get, the more I realise that, like, I, I don't know, 
if someone punched my mum in the stomach when I was still in the womb or whatever, but I came out misshapen, right? Oh, I got- yeah, I mean, <laughs> in Scotland, anybody could have been punched at any time for any reason, <laughs> pregnant or not. Yeah, that's how they say hello. That's a handshake for yeah. the place to handshake. But, but yeah, I'm in the same punch. boat. Like for ten years or so, I I was desperate to be known as the Spanish Shirley Temple, and then I realized that's probably just not going to happen for me. Well, the, the, the thing. Like I am, like I'm very very into music, and I have tried to learn guitar about five or six times, and I abandoned it within the the first six months. Um, and every time I buy a new, oh, I sell off the guitar, but I buy a brand new one, sit down and go back through it and get a couple of months in it and realize <laughs> I just, I, it's not that I don't have the temperament. I've like my thing, my fingers specifically don't have the dexterity to play what I want yeah. to play. I could play like just general kind of rocky music. Not that's not rocky soundtrack music as in rock inspired music. But like if I, if, from a guitar point of view, I really, I really want to like master the blues and that sort of stuff. I just don't have the finger dexterity to do that. So there is a point where I think you do have to draw a line when you realize if your goal is to achieve one specific thing, and you realize early in that that period that you're not going to achieve that one specific thing, you have to basically reevaluate what you're doing. And if you can settle for what you can get out of it, then it's not a waste. Never a waste. Um, however, if you realise that that's the only thing that you're you're trying to train to achieve, and you will never achieve that for whatever reason, I think there's no harm in calling quits. Your time on this planet is finite. You know what I mean? It is. You need to focus it. There's a million TV shows you could be watching. There's a you know a million different vocations you could be trying, and to put all your eggs in one basket. Unless there is, a, unless you have specific knowledge, or someone has specifically told you that has that knowledge that it is achievable or attainable within X amount of time with X amount of practice, then there's no harm in in drawing a line under it. So, like for me, I don't think any any additional educational vocational you know challenge is a waste of time. The hardest part is starting a journey. And to your last point, I never care what anyone thinks about me, like at all. I don't care what like my family think about me. That's like I live for myself. As soon as you start putting, well, what, well, what will people say if they learn I'm for Liam, for example? Liam's a great example of this. He just turned thirty and decided to take up skateboarding. Which I mean, it's a young man's game, Liam. He's not listening to this, but it's a young man's game. He's already injured himself because of it. And uh, God knows how many times he's had dear misses, but I like there's a great there's a great thing of he's like he's back from the hospital and he took a screen grab of <laughs> of a conversation with his mum where he's basically saying yeah I fractured the metatarsal in my my uh, pinky finger, um, and um, his mum says you know what uh, you know the hero uh, done that. But uh, that's what it takes for being cool. And what his mum takes them back, it's such a mum thing. She was like that. No broken bones and staying safe is what's cool, son. Uh, You know know what's really cool? Not doing drugs and doing your homework. It's literally that sort of thing. (laughs) To which you basically come back to her to say, like, she was being lame or something like that. It's just like a total, like, teenager's conversation. Right, yeah, that's a real mother-son conversation. No matter any age. but, But Liam genuinely doesn't care what people think of him doing skateboarding i genuinely don't care 
what people thought when I started doing podcasting. I remember trying to tell people, and they're like, uh, why? <laughs> like, like, why would anyone listen to you talk about things when there are journalists and, you know, movie sites and all the rest that specifically do what you're wanting to do? And I was like, well, because I, I want to do it. Like, that's this, I want to do it. And if it fails, it fails. But it's my failure and no one else's. If you allow your failure to be someone else's victory, then you're putting too much pressure on yourself. So d- never worry what anyone else thinks. Um, try everything if you can get an opportunity to do it. And I personally don't think you are copping out if you realise early in the journey that the road to that achievement is either far too difficult for the time that you have to allocate to it or just out with your reach. Because I think being realistic that way saves a lot in the long run. But yeah, try everything. Like, but by all means, never let anything stop you. Like, for a while, I was baking my own bread. It didn't taste amazing, but I tried it for a while. I stopped it when I realised I would have to maintain like a yeast starter by feeding it every morning for like. I was like another mouth to feed in this house. No, oh, not yeah, doing it. Yeah. I've already, I've already got kids. Yeah, down the sink you go, Mister Starter that I've cultivated for six months. I was like, this is getting beyond a joke now. And it was like at that point where I was like, I was freaking out. I'd be sitting, I'd be sitting like in bed going, did I feed the starter? That is too. That's too much pressure. That's yeah. too much pressure. I was like, I'm not doing this. So like, there's no harm in that. But yeah, Robert, never like, never let what other people think of you worry you unless your vocation is to become the world's greatest serial killer. Then at that point, um, I would just say society might have the right in that. So yeah, don't know if you've got like, but I, I, I get the feeling, Bo, that you're like me a little bit in that you've, you start things with a, you know, I'm just, like, this is a great example. Like all this video stuff we were doing, we weren't doing a couple of years ago. Yeah. And you've, you've just sat down and decided this is what I'm going to do. And you have achieved it. I'm sure there's still steps you need to get through to get it to the, exactly the way that you want it to be in your mind. But it's all about like, well, fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, there are a couple of motivations for me that, that haunt me uh, all the time. <laughs> And much like the final, uh, I don't know, 12 seconds of It Follows, the one thing I think of about every 18 seconds is uh, how how short life really is. Mm-hmm. And there's a notion, like the existential dread of death is something that offers <laughs> over me constantly. It's something I think about in the shower a lot. Um, don't tell me that. I'm going to just start sending you selfies of me dressed like the Grim Reaper. Like, I'm not afraid of the group. Like, it's just that idea of like, oh, just there is going to come that time where I'm going to go to the doctor and he is going to tell me that thing that ends my life. And that's just all of us. That's just that's life. Right. That is the process of life now is that most people live to an age where just your body just starts shutting down. And I haven't like I haven't hit that point yet where, you know, like, yeah, I'm a little uh, a little sore sometimes. But I haven't hit the point where my body's just out and out revolted, you know, <laughs> where it's just been like, fuck it, I quit. So I haven't not, had that. Not moment. today, Rams, though. <laughs> right, right. Like, it, like the shit that I have done to myself hasn't caught up with me yet. And yeah. I'm really lucky for that, <laughs> you know. Um, so anyway, so I have that kind of it follows sense of death constantly on my heels. And, and, but married to that is the idea 
that make fucking death catch you. You know, like don't yeah. don't let don't let death catch you sleeping. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I don't mean in the Duncan way where you're awake for an unhealthy amount of time. I just mean mm-hmm. <laughs> like figure out what what it means for you to make the most of the time that you have. You yeah. know. Uh, like there are things that I'm bought into where I'm like, this is the thing that brings me joy. It excites me. It 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 inspires me creatively or intellectually or whatever. So these are the things I want to put some time into. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and I like doing new shit. Like you said, the video stuff is part of that. Um, but just a million things. Like uh, there there's constantly stuff that I'm like I I do way more in my yard. I'm learning about how to make yeah. my yard look nice. You know, shit like that of, you know, chinch bugs. A lot of people don't even know what that is. Um, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Had to go a little caddyshack for a second. Um, But yeah, so that kind of thing. And, but I've, I've really, that fires a different part of my imagination where it's like, oh yeah, there's a way to kind of landscape this that in a way that brings me some personal satisfaction. And that's just, here's another thing that I didn't know how to do before that now I know how to do because it brings me some joy or mm-hmm. whatever you know uh brings me some kind of personal satisfaction and it doesn't hurt anybody else and that's a real big bonus as well yeah uh, like like doug was saying like if anything that you're contemplating is going to result in the emotional or physical pain or, or of another then fucking don't do it but beyond that uh yeah like don't be afraid because it you know there's the old saying of like you don't you don't lie on your deathbed regretting the shit that you you did it's the stuff you didn't do um and yes there is plenty of stuff that you like you could have been dreaming for years like i'm gonna learn how to hang glide and and you you go hang gliding once and you're like fuck this this sucks and that's that's fine there's that yeah there's that there's an expectation that sometimes the perception of what something is will be that and most of the time it isn't Right, but but experience it for yourself and yeah. and do the things. Uh, like I said, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, it, you know. I the two kind of motivators for me are I like to produce stuff. I like to make stuff that didn't exist before in some way mm-hmm. or another that really satisfies me. Whether it's you know writing or podcasting or doing the video stuff or whatever, it's it's making something. I really like that. Um, and and the other thing is just learning something every day if I can. You know, and it could be anything like I've recently moved away from uh, the Adobe products because I'm just I'm getting tired of paying the exorbitant rates to use their their software on a monthly basis. And I was like, you know what, if I just sit down and teach myself some other alternatives, I can mm-hmm. probably do the same thing. It won't be exactly what I'm used to, but, you know, life has changed, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, so I, I, and I've been able to do that and it's really been, again, kind of strangely satisfying of like, here's this software that I depended on for a long time and I still have a comfort level with it, but sometimes just doing things that are uncomfortable, um, can lead to really positive stuff. And, and I also think failure is underrated. I'm a big believer that like, just because you failed at a task or, you know, you were trying to get something off the ground and it and it just flopped or whatever. You can learn from that shit. In fact, most uh, most learning that you do is not going to come from the things that you easily attain. It's going to come from the things that are, you have to kind of fight and sweat and bleed to do. 
Yeah. Uh, because the failure is, is the teacher, you know, success you know, failure uh, is, inevit- is inevitable. Like yeah. on everything, you will fail at something. The greatest technological advancements that we've had have been born out of failure. Or you know born. I mean? like, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, I mean, the computer, I, I, I use a Mac and I, I have an iPhone. Like the whole Apple ecosystem and product base come off God knows how many incredibly shitty non-working computers like that failed and broke and failed and broke and failed and broke. Um, and you, you kind of have to get through that to to get to the bit where I'm not saying that the end of whatever you start doing is going to make you a billionaire, but you know there is a part of that failure and experience which makes you think about things differently and approach things differently. But above all else, I think there's also a bit of, of deserved humility in feeling. I think it's, I think you appreciate the journey more if the journey to get to that point um, has come with trouble. Um, If it's given to you too easy, I think you don't appreciate the work that goes into it at all. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know if we're. I don't know if we're. We've set your mind at all at ease, Robert. But what I would say is, it is never like genuinely. I, I even at this stage now, I you know I'm, I've already been thinking about what I want to do five years from now, what I want to do ten years from now, like as things I want to pick up, skills I want to learn. Um, and yeah, you should always be that way uh, to the point where you literally get to the point in your life where you're like that. You know what? I've had enough. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna sit now. I've done my. I've done my bit. I'm just gonna enjoy, just sitting down and relaxing. Um, so yeah, like just get like whatever it is. Uh, grab it with both hands, man. Yeah, 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 right. And you know, if Jimi Hendrix has taught us nothing else, <laughs> yeah, he had a great line uh, in uh, one of one of his songs where he said, "I'm the one who's got to die when it's my turn to die." Yeah. And that has carried with me since I was a teenager and I first heard it. And, and the underlying message of that is if you want to judge me, feel free to, but you get absolutely zero say on the way I conduct my life. Unless when it, it is my turn to die, you're going to raise your hand mm-hmm. because the way I see it, ain't nobody got that deal. So I'm going to I'm going to live my life exactly how I want to live it again. So long as I don't hurt anybody else. And that's real important to me, too, is that, you know, I want the people around me, hopefully, to lead a better life as a result of my presence in it. You know, Mm -hmm. like you try to support people and and try to make people uh, at the end of the day feel feel good about themselves and, and your relationship with them. But beyond all that, I'm, you know, I got a whole lot of fuck it in me, too, of just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I don't think that's a good idea. I, I kind of don't give a shit. Like, yeah. I'm going to, like, I may be proven wrong, and that's fine, and I'll admit when I'm wrong, and I have been wrong most times about most shit, but I'll I'll at least, I I have enough, I think, humility to admit that and be able yeah. to say, here is the thing I learned from from this particular experience i even hesitate to call it failure it's just a thing that didn't work you know or a thing that didn't work for me personally or whatever like i've tried shows where i'm like this seems like a great idea and you get two episodes in you're like this is not a great idea (laughs) uh it just happens you know like Mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason stuff on the drawing board isn't the same as as the stuff that in practice and 
and you know let your experience be your teacher in all of that like do you enjoy the thing that you just picked up and started doing then keep doing it and don't worry about the end result of where you're going to mm-hmm. go unless like duncan said you have a very specific idea like i said being spanish shirley temple if that is your idea yeah. then you know maybe if go your goal if your goal is incredibly incredibly focused and niche and it's you know and in the process you realize it's unattainable and that is all you were doing it for to get to that point then you know that that journey you need to you need to call it you need to call it as you see it there and then however if not attaining that journey like the next level down is totally something that still interests you then yeah by all means continue on with it um but you just you have to be true half of it is being true to yourself um what you actually doing this for and making sure you're doing it for yourself and not someone else yeah like yeah, the, yeah, the, sure. the, the the reverses, like we were talking about what people judge you. Sometimes people just expect you to do certain things or be a particular way. And if you have no interest in it, um, and unless you're getting paid for it, <laughs> like, you know, t- t- take a stand. It's your, it's your life. It's your time. So. Yeah. You know, it, right. Uh, you know, my, my, I was having a conversation with my uncle about a week ago. Uh, and, and, you know, we were talking about, you know, the podcasting stuff and the website, like we, you know, this year has been very good for Legion and we've been really pushing into new places and getting mm-hmm. new listeners and d- getting new shows and stuff like that. Been really exciting. I was, I was talking to him about it really enthusiastically. He has this real glazed look on his face because he didn't give a shit and, uh, nor should he, you know, it's not his thing. <laughs> But then, but it was, what was funny is there's that immediate transfer as he's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I got to tell you, I just got this new putter. I don't know how much you golf, but I would, you know, I, I was, I tried it out for the first time last weekend when I got out on the links and it was like, we just traded expressions Yeah, where it, like, it, but you, that's also love, right? Like I was yeah. happy that he was enthusiastic about it and it was fun to see him light up about it. Cause certainly my podcast shit didn't get he, that didn't register at all. He didn't even know what I was talking about, but, uh, but yeah, so that's the thing is like, let people love the thing that they love, but also be sure that you don't like, don't harbor guilt because you love something that someone you respect or care about doesn't really care about the, your thing. Just let yeah. it be your thing. And if they love you, then they're going to love the fact that you love that thing, you know? Um, anyway, that's all I got to say. Duncan, you got any last minute wisdom? No, thanks very much for the question. No, yeah. and more of those questions. Those are always a lot of fun to talk about. Anything yeah. kind of creative uh, or anything like that. I think we, we all come from different backgrounds and we all have our own our own things. Me and Bo, that out with the, our, our mutual love of chatting about movies, one of the big things that kind of drew us together as like a podcast unit was the two of us had very, very specific views of what we wanted to do podcasting and like the, the way we want to set things out, the way we tackle things, we, 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 the way we approach subjects. And that in itself is what kind of was the grounding of our friendship and doing what we're doing. So these sort of things, when you raise them, they're just fun to talk about. So yeah. there yeah. you go. It's always fun to talk about the, uh, the creative stuff uh okay let us turn our attention speaking of being creative duncan let's get down to the business uh uh the dark business we are here to conduct and that is to discuss uh slasher season two the season this time called guilty party get it duncan because it was a party yeah and there's a bunch of guilty people yes yes Uh, (laughs) episode one 
is called Six Feet Under, which reminds you of a really good television show. Boy, is that a good TV show. It, it sure is. Uh, written by Aaron, <laughs> our, our old pal Aaron Martin, returning from the first season, you know, creator, writer, Aaron Martin of the Slasher. Genius. Series. You forgot the word genius, Bo. Auteur. Aaron Martin <laughs> returns to helm uh, a, a new season. Um, all right. So let's get into it. Uh, Do you, you want to start with one of the many cliches that this show kicks off? <laughs> so, yes, we meet our group of idiots right off the bat just hauling ass in a pickup truck mm-hmm. and right it is just like somebody threw cliches into a blender and oh, hit puree. this one is more this is more egregious than the previous season it's, honestly just this first episode oh my goodness and like all right we got a couple of girls kissing so it's sexy and naughty mm-hmm. and they're drinking mm-hmm. um there's uh like people just hanging off the side of this thing it looks like the clampets are coming to camp <laughs> it reminds me of what's the name of it saying i know what you did last summer isn't it yeah oh this is there's a whole lot of like well, yeah, but we'll, we're I, know what, <laughs> I know i know what you did last summer was like but what if winter yeah, but because like, literally this, you know, like the, the whole setup of like kids and all that being drunk and driving their bit the place recklessly and all that stuff. It was the first thing I thought of. Actually, there's a bit like we'll, we'll get to later on, but there was a bit where I did, I was like, you know, it does have shades of I know what he did last summer. And then he opened the door and walked into a cabin. And I was like, oh, yeah. fuck off. So, oh, fuck right off. <laughs> all right so uh these these goofballs these camp counselors is who they are uh and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get more intimate with them soon um they they're having this big party out in the middle of nowhere getting away from all the campers leaving them you know unattended for a little bit just yeah that's how that's how you create a jason Borges, by the way <laughs> like you need to keep them on them or a mass fucking hockey mass wielding force of nature will annihilate people for generations to come like, you just don't leave the kids alone duncan i swear to god if this is a, a secret prequel <laughs> to friday the 13th everything i'm gonna say bad about it is is completely erased <laughs> i don't think it's nearly that clever but by god if it is the link at the end <laughs> right Oh my God, Duncan! If that happened, and like you pull back and like somebody changes the name of uh, Camp Motega is the name of this joint, mm-hmm. uh, it, like somebody is scratched it out and now it says Camp Crystal Lake. Fuck, yeah. I'm in, I'm in. Um, <laughs> but so the the kids uh, stop the truck long enough to have a picnic where they're doing some shots. They're busting watermelons up like Gallagher. Uh, <laughs> It's a real good time. Just don't get that bit, like, of all the things to... We're just going to bring loads of... Watermelons are not light, so we're just going to pack the van out with lots of watermelons that we're just going to smash. Yeah. There are other things you can bring to smash. Um, Like televisions? <laughs> a very rock star of you, Bo. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, just like, just in general, I don't, I don't get... Because it is... It's always a, like in my brain. I always think the practicalities of we've had to pack all this shit to travel out here to hump it to the area that we're actually going to be smashing these watermelons for, you know, five seconds of bliss to watch it explode. Yeah. And then, it's just like it's just a it was a weird choice, is what I'm saying. 
it is a strange choice. Now, uh, remember in nowhere as well. Where did they get all these watermelons? Well, I mean, Duncan, it's not like watermelons are in short supply in the, here in these United States. They're around everywhere. You can't you can't swing a cat without hitting a watermelon. I, I keep forgetting that you are a different country. That's right. <laughs> like watermelon is readily available in any store at any time. Yeah. So, uh, like watermelon is so posh in Scotland that if someone mentions the word watermelon, everyone goes, ooh, watermelon, ooh, ooh, pass me the gold teaspoon, Mr. Fonteroy. My watermelon. This a little rich boy over here with his watermelon. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like throwing it out in the yard for the squirrels <laughs> to eat. And Bo uses it for everything. Bo's like, what's that? You crack your windscreen? Watermelon will fix that. Yeah. We use it for cheap currency. It's like one watermelon equals a penny here. It's inconvenient, but it is taken as U.S. currency. <laughs> They're hard to roll up in those little paper. Take them to a bank. I've got 50 watermelons in here. I'd like two quarters, please. <laughs> so... Oh dear. So anyway, yeah, they're they're exploding some watermelons while down in shots. It seems like a great summer party for these wayward counselors. Yeah, until one of them ch- chimes in like, hey, I found us a watering hole. Which is as warm as a bath. Yeah. And I went, Ugh. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> I don't like baths. <laughs> like the idea of steeping in your own filth is not appealing to me, but yeah, I, I like I the last time I had uh, a minor surgery was the last time I had to actually take a bath. Yeah, and yeah, it, it like taking a bath reminds me of being sick. Yeah, you yeah, know? there's something about it, you know, it, you know, it'll soothe you out lying in your toxins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, sure. here, sure, like a like a civilized person, this was dump a bunch of Epsom salt in this. Lie in here with your filth. The Epsom feeling salt. Better yeah. Feeling better now? Are you feeling better now? Yeah, just and, and you know, and my doctor was like, "And you got to drink all the water when you're done." And I was like, yeah. "That seems like a lot." <laughs> I was like, "Just do what I said." Also, don't call the police. Yeah, and here's a here's a watermelon for your trouble. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that that'll cost you five watermelons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought I, I thought my insurance was covering this. Nope. <laughs> So, so so yeah, so they're all excited and the whole team kind of, the whole trip leads off. But it's very, very quickly they realize, Bo, there ain't no warm bath watering. Right. It is, it is a survivor, like, final meeting. It's where two they're steps away from being a, like a wicker man ceremony. They come yeah, up and like everything's torches clear, are lit. It's, yeah. Which, once again... Like, how did all that stuff end up there? Was that packed with the watermelon and no one noticed? Uh, Here's the thing, Duncan. They had to go up there ahead of time, set all this up, and then all this is done. There's a girl uh, named Susan that they are kind of putting on trial. Uh, When she's like, why are you doing this to me? Uh, They're like, because you're a nasty bitch. And it's like, well, that, you know, seems hard. That's literally the line. Like, yeah. is because you're a nasty bitch, and I was like, "Can we quantify that more?" Like, and and this, I imagine the show, and we're going to get into the format of it, is going to quantify it more and more the further we get into it via flashbacks, yay, 
because um, this is five years ago. So right, yeah, yes. Important to note: this is all a, a prequel to the rest of the series because Aaron Martin loves a flashback. Oh, he loves. Oh, I mean, it's the set up to most slasher movies is a flashback, but he just everything has to be the flashback. Um, right, but yes, what Aaron Martin did not learn is that you do it at the beginning and then maybe you do it at the end to reveal a little bit more. Yeah, not to get an episode. Right, and th- uh, this is going to follow the season one pattern, I can guarantee you right now, which is let's focus on this character. At the end of the episode, they're either going to be dead or we're going to learn that, you know, here, yep. here is another little tidbit to, to k- keep the story kind of moving. Uh, they're yet to find a Brenda. There is yeah, oh, certainly not a Brenda God. to be found in the first episode. Anyway, this, well, this show needs a Brenda. Uh, this town needs an enema, Duncan. <laughs> and a watermelon enema. So uh, they're they end up just kind of beating the shit out of Susan. Yeah, and then is it, it Peter? Is that the the uh, uh, the boyfriend? So, so, so we so we yeah. So we don't. So the thing is. We she's a nasty bitch, right? And then we don't yes. see anything until the after result, which is them dragging a burlap sack, uh, which has a stain of blood on it, collectively as a group, to some place to stash the body. <laughs> like, and then there's all this kind of it's all the usual shit of maybe we're doing the wrong thing, yeah. maybe we're like this, and I'm like that. Well, you do, why is this conversation coming up now after she's dead, and you're dragging the body to bury it? Why did this conversation not come up before the torches were lit? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like it's always the same, and it's fucking frustrating. And there's always two characters like maybe oh, I shouldn't do this, and then there's always one kind of bullshit character who's like, oh, she deserved it. So they're pulling her down, and as they're moving her along, the the bag hits off a a rock, and uh, we find out that our our victim isn't. <laughs> I'm. I've been shot. I, I'm very badly burned, but I'm not dead. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It's like that. It's totally like the not dead thing. And what, what happens is, oh man, this made me laugh more than I should, and this is why I'm going to hell. Yeah. Um, the the bag rolls open, and the their victim looks like the like the scene in Event Horizon. Where like somebody's like, well, we're going without any eyes. You know, like his yeah. face is all fucked up. And she comes at the bag like, fucking, ah! like, flop like she gets stabbed in the shoulder. Ah! Ah! <laughs> like, like she just like, ah! and they're all like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, well, and, and then it's Peter who's like, oh man, she's still alive. Well, this is like a chance for us to not be murderers. <laughs> yeah, this is the chance for us to turn ourselves in. And, and they're like, are you fucking high right now? Look at her. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's at this door. <laughs> right. And, and so Peter is, says, I'm going to take her to the hospital. And then this nerdy son of a bitch tackles him. Yeah. And that's cut. Yeah. And, so right. And they drag her away. It's the you know, wreck thing of her dragging her nails on the ground yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. She gets dragged back. The guy who was suggesting that maybe they do something to save her. Um, I would say maybe an hour and a half late um, and coming up with that decision. Um, yeah. That's that. So we cut away from there and then present day ball. Yep. And, and we meet Andy who is one of the ladies who uh, was at the camp 
she and her boyfriend, who is uh, just another dude not not anyone related to yeah. the actual crime <laughs> yeah we we don't need to worry about him at all yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, well and we only need to worry about andy so much duncan um yeah <laughs> like yeah i'm still working out like after the end of this first episode here i'm trying to work out who our sarah is i yeah i think it's Are gonna, we gonna end get up, one i think it's gonna end up being the crazy cult lady i think is Dude, maybe the hero yeah so, I I kind of had a thought that it might be the woman with a kid. So the one who has the Asian husband. Oh, right, right, right. No, I think she's fucking dead. Yeah, the only reason I thought that is because twice she said she didn't want to be involved with it in the yeah. flashback. Um, and she has a kid, which usually... Use, it's not a full safety net, but yeah. in slasher movies, usually means it's kind of partial safety net. Right, but, but you have to understand, Aaron Martin... Want it to be metal. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to kill this mother. Um, I think this it's going to be that kind of. <laughs> yeah. We're going to kill her and she's got a kid. <laughs> um, anyway. So, yeah, Andy and her boyfriend are in bed. Uh, she hasn't slept and the boyfriend is like, hey, listen, why do you have to go with all of your old camp friends five years uh, almost to the day <laughs> yeah well, why are you going to meet them why did you get up early and then he hits out where because we need to hammer home some cliches here you know i just don't know what's up with you i always feel like you're holding some from me like yeah. a collective death of another speaking of sherlock holmes duncan this guy here well, boy it really seems like you're hiding something from me no i'm not <laughs> shut up you are literally is it literally is like that you know i just i always feel like you're hiding something from me she's sitting over there like <laughs> fucking christian bale from the machinist yeah. all emaciated and she- <laughs> yeah she i i said this to you privately i was like it sh- this actress looks like you took uh sarah from the first season and yeah. dehydrated her like 30 percent. she really does look like she's been putting out uh, like a dehydrator because she's yeah. like and she just took all like <laughs> Dude, like the the aging makeup that they use in the movie warlock <laughs> yeah yeah Sure. Like she's been life forced. <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Goes, oh, hello. Come right into my office if you would. I made out with a man earlier. <laughs> you look a bit parched. Tea. Oh, gray, hot. Yeah. Um, so. Computer. Give me a space vampire. Uh. <laughs> Number one, she's quite small so he's like yeah and the boyfriend is is not having any of this he's like fine i'm leaving you know on account of what a charming personality you seem to have Mm -hmm. uh so he takes off then we cut over to i'm trying to get her name i think her name is susan yeah so the the, i think the one we called susan was a victim actually has an indian name which i'm struggling which is tal talvinder is her name yeah and susan is kind of talvinder sounds like a romulan like lincoln by the star Star trek Ah, it's it's, it's commandant talvinder of the tal shiar (laughs) right one one of the people telling picard like you know uh what what is it there are there are is it three cups is that what it is <laughs> whatever, whatever the the torture is yeah so yes. how many cups there are, are there? there are 
three lights here. No, no, that's the wrong thing. You're thinking Cardassian. That's right. They were the Cardassians. You're off beast. Yeah. I I love the fact that we almost had a full Star Trek conversation that made us sound like we knew what both of us were talking about. (laughs) Look, the fact that I mixed up the Romulans and the Cardassians is really the only thing wrong there. So that is a hangable offense in Trekkie it, circles. You're lucky so. that you're you're lucky you're safe where you are right now. Yeah, this is a safe space for us. That's what I like <laughs> about it. No, no one ever is mean to anyone on this show. So the, yeah, so this girl Susan is packing up for the camp trip, and mm-hmm. this is only notable because we see her throw a gun into the mix because. Look, like, I, she can't close the bag. She can't close her suitcase because the gun's stopping it. God, uh, this gun is so big. Yeah, I can't. I just, just want sit on top gun. of it. Yeah, I know what extreme firepower, but is there any chance I could have a pistol, please? <laughs> oh my god, I gotta pay, pick either my gun or my dildo. Both of them won't <laughs> fit in here. I wonder if I can just put a little plastic sleeve on the end of the gun. She should have got herself the old 10-inch black Yukon. Represent. <laughs> Good God. That's uh, a throwback. That's a, that's a Twin Peaks that throwback. Is, you're right. Remember? You're right. It was 10 inches of whoo. <laughs> it has been a long time since I thought about the black Yukon. The black Yukon, su- the black Yukon sucker punch. Yeah. God, yep. You're right. I do need to go back and listen to those episodes. I forgot about They're the so black. silly. They're so silly. Uh, uh, but yeah, so she, she's she's packing heat and she's heading uh, to the woods. There's uh, n- trying to remember all the, the, these knuckleheads' names. I think Ren is the nerd guy, maybe. Um, or Joan. Something I, like that. I have not fucking clue though. I, I get the feeling though that by the time we work out who they are and remember right. their names, they're not going to be cast anymore. So. Yeah, that <laughs> doesn't matter. So anyway, so we got the nerdy dude who's taken off and he just looks shifty and guilty as fuck. Yeah. Uh then there's Peter. Let me make sure I got that name right. Yeah. So Peter, Peter right, yeah. is uh the one who was trying to get Tal to safety. Uh Tal Vendor Haramilan. <laughs> spy at this camp maybe that's why they were killing her maybe that's the real <laughs> secret we're gonna learn they've learned that she there was are, working with there the are three flame pies there <laughs> so Tavenda, i notice you're very interested in the way we run the ship <laughs> as one too many questions at the archery session yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you want to hang out with Jordy and see how all the engines work, do you? Well, tell them to. <laughs> Sounds like a real exchange of ideas. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> and, but anyway, so Peter is writing a letter to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Gill, who apparently yeah. are Tal's parents. Mm-hmm. So her name is Telvinder Gill. Which makes her sound totally like a Ron. <laughs> right. <laughs> Talvinda Gill, you say? He's coming. Oh, it's a she. Oh, yes. The, the Robinlands are very progressive, yes. Um, Gill. Yeah, but he's writing this letter out, which... You hold, get oh, wait, wait, wait. Duncan, I gotta, I gotta stop you for something that just popped up in the chat. Because we, we have to address this immediately. Mm-hmm. Alan points out that the camp name here is where 
uh, deputy executioner is how he puts it, that he that's where he met Molly Malone in the first season. So this is... I thought I recognized it. I genuinely thought I recognized the name and that makes sense, but that's not the only crossover with season one, um, which we're going to get to when the, for some reason, American horror story project, one actor, the most unlikely actor from season one and season two. And what I'm just going to say is I typecasted almost identically the same role. Well, we'll see. If he becomes a pal of someone later to just hang out Oh, he's drink. totally becoming a pal of someone later on. You know what's happening. So, all he's going to do is drink outside and complain. So then I think Akira is the the Asian girl. Akira. Um, Akira, hi-yo, yeah. Hi-yo. Yeah, Neo-Tokyo is about to explode, Duncan. And... She is taken off. She's the one that, as you pointed out, she's got a husband and a kid. Which made me think potential final girl, but I think you're probably right, Bo. Right. <laughs> the kid will find her body. Uh, <laughs> my Aaron Martin is just him getting very excited about the worst possible thing he could do in a television show. Playing air guitar during a writing session for no reason at all, like a real dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure that uh, that seems a little, I don't know, nihilistic and pointless in the, in this uh, story? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just right when I tell you, I'm Aaron Martin! <laughs> uh, anyway. So she's taken off, and uh, she's with Andy... Susan, the the nerdy guy whose name I can't remember now, and Peter. Yes. And they're in the worst road trip ever because the radio. Right. <laughs> this like, scene did make me laugh. I just <laughs> just want to say yes. I did chuckle at this because the radio was on the blink, right? And then eventually she switches it off. And then nerdy guy out of nowhere decides to sing the old camp song and gets about two verses, and he's looking around as if to say, this will get them all going like that. And he just finishes the second line. And <laughs> Susan, who is the real See You Next Tuesday of this whole season, turns around and tells him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> just Look, Susan is a thoroughly unlikable character, but she is yeah. also the only one in that seems to be the audience surrogate. She is literally, every step that Susan says in this, as reprehensible as it is, I'm kind of with. Right? Yeah, right. At every stage shut in this. the fuck up. Like, what? at every stage. Even later on where she's being really fucking bullshit about people's particular choices. I'm like, if I was in that, if I was in the same position, I'd side with Susan. <laughs> like, Susan looks like she might survive. Although, Slasher will subvert that expectation very soon, probably. Right. <laughs> She's gonna die by her own gun! <laughs> Unless uh, Susan is the killer. Uh, I don't think... Like, we called Cam from last season from the cheap seats. Yeah, but I don't think it's gonna be another dude. I think it's gonna I, be a woman. You think so? That's plot twist. And I don't know why I think Susan, but Susan's the one that arranged for them all to go back up there. She's the one that appears to be all over this. So I, I think it's the dude so. who looks like Mark Strong. <laughs> like we'll a, get to like, him in a minute but he's yeah, you like know, a, a fat mark strong he's yeah, a mark weak um 
<laughs> Mark Carb Overload. Can I get an amen? Uh huh. Yeah, right. Uh, Mark Stromboli. Um, <laughs> you're not going to throw that out, are you? <laughs> Mark <laughs> Strong enough. <laughs> I like this uh, extra sour cream, if you don't mind. And anyway, so our, our group of ne'er-do-wells, they show up at this kind of Northern Outfitters store, which is a roadside, you know, last stop kind of grocery before you hit the map. That has to be because it's a slasher. Right. Well, we have to stop You're going to Camp Matoka, are you? Well, let's have what they did. <laughs> What they did does is a more practical way of doing it, but they arrive and there's a guy there who's going to take them up in like, um, what do they call those things again? Snowmobiles. So not snowmobiles. Um, and but he's literally like, telling them what that one, why do you want to go up there? Two, it's it's deceptively cold out here. I should know. I'm a we got a whole backstory to this guy, which turns out to be fucking pointless um like yeah. absolutely because he's like you know i served two tours uh, i once saw a man freeze today. like all this stuff when i'm like that he's like fuck's sake like this this is the real deal here this is a goddamn survivalist yeah and uh he snowmobiles them up and we find that that they're going back to the old camp that they were there five years ago we still don't know why they're doing it yet but they're they're going up there as a kind of reunion, but going up in the winter time during the heavy snow. Yes. And uh I like the whole time that they're prepping to leave. Susan is just hanging out in the SUV. And they're like, oh. Are you gonna help? And she's like, No. I it's <laughs> cold out there. I don't she's know like, shit about snowmobiles. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Fix it? And I'm like, with her once again, I'm like, yeah, you know what? The last thing I need right now is some valley girl hanging over me while I'm trying to fix a snowmobile. Thanks yeah. very much, Susan. High right. five. Uh, yeah, smoke your cigarette in uh, in the snowy mountain air, and and hang out in the SUV. Just keep out of everybody's way. She's not hurting anybody. And like, yeah, what do you want her to do? Change the oil on one? She's not gonna do that. <laughs> Susan, that ain't how Susan rolls. Like she only knows to how to change the oil of a man's penis. Um, like if but... you want to get into a, a very exclusive club, yeah. Susan is your girl. She's she front and center. Yes, you put her front and center. Right. See if it is. I don't know any sort of maintenance or repair of a vehicular um, persuasion. Susan is not your girl. Susan is at the back of that line. Right, and and also Peter is is kind of circling andy because clearly they were a thing oh we will find more about this yes. and find more about this andy kind of blows them off though she's done one any part of him and he's like i really should have called you but i didn't know what to say and she's like get out of here and so i really should have called you sometime in the last five years yeah. but now i'm facing you i i admit that freely right now that i'm forced to face my mistakes and so Gene is this dude that owns, he's our crazy Ralph, crazy Gene. Crazy uh, Gene, yeah. yeah. Uh, he takes them up to the camp, which has been purchased by a, kind of a collective. Heaven's Heaven's Gate, maybe, Bo, uh, is all I could think of. They're it's, like fucking woolly, hippie, fucking yoga hugging vegans. Yeah, and and the name of this joint is called We Live as One, <laughs> and 
as we the Borg. It's the fucking Borg. Oh my god. We never one, number one. This doesn't sound encouraging. Last time we we found a bunch of people wanting to live as one. They wanted to incorporate us all. Assimilation, remember that? It's totally the Borg. Just it's all it's all coming Star Trek. Um so. if anyone asks, my name is Locutus. <laughs> <laughs> None of this Jean-Luc shit while we're up here, number one. <laughs> Do not break character. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, number one, if you call me anything other than Locutus, I'm going to have Geordi transport you into my asshole. <laughs> so. And then you will come out as number two. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen Ant-Man. You're going to be Pooh Ban. Um... <laughs> <laughs> computer make it so uh, <laughs> so we, not where I thought the conversation was going to go when we started oh, I'm so, happy. so so we're busting out old references this is like old DBCC yeah, you never know you old, never know what you're going to get yeah um, <laughs> I'm very I'm very pleased by all this as well so <laughs> we get our first uh like outside the the uh cold open flashback mm-hmm. of this episode where it's our in theory our heroine <laughs> i know this game i i wrote lost after dark duncan i know how to do this bullshit says yeah. setting her up as the main character um and andy is giving orientation to talvinder the girl that they would later of course beat the shit out of <laughs> and <laughs> It's clear, like, Andy and Peter are are dating because he kind of shows up after uh, she's given the orientation to Talvinder. Mm. And uh, Peter, who will be played, I think, by Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, I think he's her Jean-Luc. Um, he shows up and is like, oh, well, look at what we have here. Two very attractive young women. He's, like, instantly flirty. And right. I'll be able to that. Your girlfriend is right there, dude. Do, he makes a, a classic mistake here in a minute. But um, Andy then is nice enough to say, hey, we're, you know, tonight we're going to watch this slasher movie. Why don't you come watch? And she, and Talvinder uh, is like, well, let me report back to <laughs> Romulan base. And then, yes, I think I have some time. <laughs> And then she takes off, and Peter is, you know, playing all apologetic with Andy about uh, about not showing up on time. And it's clear early on, like, oh, this is going to be a lover's triangle kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like the like the they're like straight straight away. This might be the catalyst for what goes down. Yes. So then we are introduced to Robin from season one. Who is now playing? I don't care another character, but he's, playing, he's just going to be like, Robin. Yeah, he's now playing another Robin, uh, and this time instead of selling houses, he is spiritual leader slash masseuse. <laughs> like, yeah, this, this commune. It, like this is a very Northern California kind of vibe that he's throwing off. Yeah, if you've ever seen, I would I would recommend everyone check out the documentary Holy Hell, which is just a entire documentary full of Robins. Yeah, like the, Robin is a dude in this in this season who knows a lot of Reiki. Yes, 
it like has certification in Reiki and shit. That's this dude. Yes, that is literally what he's playing. But I get, as as a result of that, he will be the surrogate. Tell me your problems. Why are you holding back? Like yeah. that's his role. Which, by the way, was his role in season one. And weird that he's the guy to transfer over from seasons. Yeah, otherwise, you know, what I mean, he feels like the. Is it like did did our, our our fancy director like see something in that end scene where they were, he was showing that family around that house and go, you know what? We need more of this guy. This guy has depths we've yet to reach in the medium of TV. Great <laughs> season two, where I cast him in almost identically the same fucking role. I wonder if like no one he knew no one else was coming back, and he's like, oh, yeah. it's all mine. <laughs> Slasher belongs to Robin now. <laughs> I suppose if you're the last one, this time I'm going to be the star, right? Yeah, 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 you're going to be the star. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, star. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the kids show up at this cabin, and Robin has to be like, "Namaste, everyone. Excuse me for a moment while I go greet our guests." Yeah. And it turns out that uh, there's, you know, they're a big communal living group, and the there we live as one. <laughs> <laughs> aka resistance is futile aka resistance is futile but yeah. they try a very borg scene later on and a brimley s character who just wants a steak oh uh, yeah i do yeah there there's also a, a moment later where they all kind of commune together that's very funny yes right <laughs> anyway robin is, and his group are allowing these kids to kind of come up and stay in the cabin because the idea is that they told the Borg that they uh <laughs> they open negotiations with the Borg for right, you know. Uh, <laughs> it turns out we're use... we're going to be spearheading the mission. It's weird because <laughs> I've been on both sides of this number one. <laughs> they open negotiations to use the conference suite of the Borg Cube for one weekend. <laughs> yeah. What's the reunion party? I've got to tell you, number one, this is sort of a reverse alien versus predators situation. No matter <laughs> who loses, I win. <laughs> oh, the boar came out on top. Welcome home, Locutus. <laughs> so. there, is, there is that kind of feeling where you get the feeling that Robin has maybe done all this without necessarily making sure that his collective, <laughs> his cube, are all signed off on it, as you will find out later on when dissension appears in the ranks. Uh, yeah. Very unborg. Um But yeah, this is like, he goes out to greet them, and they're the passing it off as, you know, this is a five-year reunion, and they're all getting together back at the camp where they shared so many great memories <laughs> and did not murder yeah. anyone. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the setup, but Jean's there, and for whatever reason, Jean's, Jean's still kind of tight with these people because he's obviously their only source of, I would imagine, food, fuel. Right, it's just... I would think kind of company like he's the they are the people he seems to know on the mountain and kind of trust yeah. them to some degree. Yeah. And the kids go to their cabin. Uh, And they here we kind of learn the true well, they purpose. Go, they go to their cabin all acting normal yeah. and, and until the doors shut with this thin wooden walls. And that's when they go, we fucking killed a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. No, no, no. We, we know where the towels are. Thank you. All right. We'll see you later. Shut. All right, everybody. We got to find this fucking body. We everybody on board with this. 
So the story, the, the story is basically that this commune is going to expand, right? So yes. the plans are to expand it, and they're going to be building out onto further ground, and that ground may or may not abut the particular area where our Romulan spy uh, was buried. So their plan is, and this is all Susan's worked this out, so Susan's reconvened them all. So the plan is that they are going to dig up the skeleton. Very kind of, this has got, this has kind of got like a, almost like a kind of Goodfellas vibe, you know, where they're like, in Goodfellas, I'm sure there's a scene where they bury someone and then, as I'm not, there's going to be a building built or something, so I have to go out and fucking dig up a body. It also happened in Sopranos. But like, they basically have to go out there to dig up the skeleton uh, to remove the remains before they're found. But this is the bit that confuses me. So, so the police, when the girl went missing, the police had an idea, one of the group of friends who, oh, he might be the killer. Right. Owen. His he name might is be the killer because we, yeah. we, we didn't see the body. But anyway, that might be who it is. Oh, let's see if I've worked out right now. It's going to piss me off as well. But anyway, the so yeah, so the kind of thought Owen had did it. Um and the police investigation never quite got Owen convicted, uh, and now Owen is dead. Right. So the case kind of stopped there. So, and Susan's all for this, but Susan's friend, the 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 one with its son, uh, Akira. Yeah. Hi ho, um, like she, she basically, she's like the one at this point where I'm like. Can't this this bitch kind of talking sense because she's like that. Listen, they almost pinned it on him. If they find the body, they are going to pin it on him. He's dead. And Susan's like, well, no. What happens in that circumstance is that the police then come back to speak to us. And if our stories are not all 100% synced up, okay, then we're all going, I'm by to prison. So, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, once again, Susan kind of speaking truth to power, get rid of the bones. <laughs> Um, so that's what they're there for but once again the wounds of five years ago are still there and that some of them are kind of pro-Susan some of them are anti-Susan uh, and some are sheeple bow that will you know side with the alpha so that's what we're here to do and that's the tenuous link that's brought them back five years later and yeah yeah so let's go back to uh, the Borg where Robin and his wife are, are kind of cleaning up as Gene, our, our crazy Ralph of, of, yeah. the, of the show, um, are just kind of <laughs> chit-chatting about like, yeah, it is kind of fucking weird, right? That they came up in the middle of winter. Yeah. And Robin uh, is like, well, you know, it is a powerful place up here. There are a lot of ley lines around and whatnot. And while he's, you know, talking about all the spiritual energy of the place, Gene is like, well, if it's so if it's so spiritual, how come you're selling it? <laughs> and Judith, who's kind of the older lady who I think is going to be a big part of this somehow, she is a little bit of an older lady, you know, probably late 40s, something like that, early 50s. And um, she is really having a hard time dealing with the fact that all these strangers have shown up. Mm-hmm. And Mark Stroganoff is the one who's like, no, 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 it's going to be cool. Listen, you got any garlic bread or is there, <laughs> I mean, uh, like, I know it's not lunch, but we got something to snag on. I mean, that yoga really took something out of me. And <laughs> Gene uh, is, it says like, hey, 
I'm going to stick around for the weekend and I'm just going to make sure that these kids are cool. Is that yeah. you guys have a problem with that? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And then everybody, but Gene kind of hugs and they start going, uh, <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. And Gene's like, uh, mm, you guys still got that sauna. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, you know what? You guys do whatever it is that you're going to do. I assume fuck. <laughs> Yeah, which I don't want to be any part of. Yeah. yeah. It's just very complicated for me right now. So yeah. I'm going to head up to the sauna, take five. You guys uh, enjoy your humming. And we see that somebody is kind of watching from the woods while Gene is like getting in the sauna. And he's just kind of hanging out in there. And somebody just hums a snowball <laughs> at the door. Real like, thunk. And he's like, the fuck? So... <sighs> He goes outside for a second, and he's like, hey, anybody out here? He's throwing fucking snowballs out here. I'm trying to relax right now. I've had a busy day of ferrying fucking kids up a fucking snowy hill, and then I almost got involved in an unwanted orgy. I just want to relax. Can I get fucking five minutes in the sauna, please? Please. Right. And the answer to that is no, because no. as soon as he goes outside, nobody's there goes back inside here's another thunk and he comes out real loaded for bear like you crazy kids i'm gonna and as soon as he opens the door our killer just jams a chainsaw right through his gut yeah he gets pieces (laughs) did (laughs) and you know while you kids were out here fumbling trying to find that scale and gene was up there getting killed bastards (laughs) you bastards Oh, that movie. Like so we get uh we get a chainsaw through the through the chest to begin with, mm. and it goes up and then splits them down through the bottom, and then some intestines fall to the ground. Uh, the director and writer of this show has literally ejaculated hard in his pants to the sound of pumping ACDC. Um and uh, that's 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 Gene dead, and, right? And it does that kind of directorial joke. And I will say that's the one thing Slasher at least goes for is yes. when the opportunity presents itself, it gets gory as fuck. And yeah, I, I yeah, appreciate has, that to some degree. Kind of has to, like, because yeah. it doesn't have anything else going for it. <laughs> right, that's all like, you got. <laughs> it's literally all you got. Uh, but there's that directorial joke of you see the guts hitting the floor mm-hmm. and then you see a steak j- flipped over and dropped in a pan yeah 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 it's, it's, it's like yeah it's, 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 yeah it's, it's kind of cool but yeah, yeah we have our our uh, kind of our brimley-esque character here who apparently has joined he's cooking a steak he joined yeah. the commune which we find out is a vegan commune but he joined the commune he's still in probationary period and he has since arriving he doesn't take part in, in any of the, the yoga or the reiki or any of that stuff. He just sits and eats bread meat. And I'm kind of like, this guy's my spirit animal. <laughs> I just want to come because, up here because the goddamn woods. Quiet. Well, because he's literally, the thing about him is he's kind of, and I love the conversation because he's kind of playing it against him. He's like, well, no, you're all like up here for communal living and, you know, off the grid and, you know, be true to yourself and all the rest. Well, true to myself is make a fucking steak. Yeah. And um, you like, I love meat. Like, I'm gonna eat steak. I'm gonna. You well, want he some? Says to, she's like, you know, you know, we are trying to make this vegan. And he's like that. If you can cook, cook me a sto- tofu steak that tastes like that, then I will like no meat for this guy. But until that day, meat. Yeah, 
I and I really like uh like Noah, who is our nerd. I I do have it in my notes. Noah, Noah that's right. Like, yeah, Noah. So yeah. Noah shows up because he's like, uh, can I borrow some coffee? And yeah. Glenn is in the process. I I genuinely like this. It's really stupid, but I like it. Where mm-hmm. he's after he says, if you can get some goddamn tofu, tastes like his steak. <laughs> then I'm 100% vegan. Until then, you yeah. can move along. You know, that's like a cow. Dude, I love it. joke. Yeah. I, I, Glenn, is, he's not in it enough to be a Brenda yet, yeah. but he's got a little bit of that Brenda DNA that we need. Could Glenn be the killer? Possibly. I still think it's Mark Stroganoff, but we'll get to that. <laughs> and... These two bullet holes that he wouldn't explain. Yeah, uh, right. Like, I, I guarantee you he is related to, like, this Owen dude. Yeah. You know, that he's up there to solve the mystery. Something is is up. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, either that or, eh, well, we'll talk about it later. Um, so, uh, Gene, uh, the wife is there to say that Gene is going to be staying with him for a while. And Glenn's like, fine, I don't give a shit. You guys yeah. be careful out there. I'm going to sit here and eat my goddamn steak. And it, d- it does give Noah one of those conversations where it's like that. If you get lost out there, there's no one that can help you. <laughs> yeah. Out there Bye. in the dark in the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like it. So he sends them off to to go be knuckleheads. And so they take these snowbo- snowmobiles. I almost call them snowmobiles. <laughs> snowmobiles. Out to this pile of sticks and rocks that uh, they use to bury Tal's body. Talvender's mm-hmm. body. Here lies Talvender Gill. <laughs> Serve the Federation <laughs> honorably. The Dejan of the Tal Shah. Commanded the Romulan fleet in the Battle of Schmagabar. <laughs> you know, number one, they want me to give a eulogy, and I did not know Talvender Gill at all. I, I read a couple of articles, but I'm really winging it here. Flying by the seat of my pants, number one. I didn't know I didn't know this fucker. Um, <laughs> so, the, the, uh, they open up this hidey hole. Sure enough, no body. And then we cut back over to We Live As One, where mm-hmm. our old lady, whose name is Judith, is doing some old-fashioned thigh cutting. Yeah, so like she's she's a self harmer, so she like rolls up the the the, the kind of housecoat thing to reveal like a bit of a scarred leg, and she's about to do it, and then the door gets knocked, and it's strong enough that comes in, isn't it? No, no, no. It's no. a younger dude. That's right. The yeah, young young dude comes in, and he's like, well, you know, sorry for interrupting you. She's like, oh, you didn't un- interrupt me. <laughs> I was like, hey, that'll be my razor blade. I was there. Uh, I'm just startled. He's like, what do you think about all these kids coming up here? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, well, I don't know. And he's like, well, maybe we don't trust them. Maybe we don't let our guard down. And she's like, right. So they're going to keep an eye on these. We're going to keep an eye on these wayward kids. Or as I like to call this, Operation Red Herring. Yes. <laughs> so this is very much a red herring moment. Um, and yeah, so the body's missing. Half the camp doesn't care that they're there. The other half does care that they're there. One of them cooked a mean-ass steak, and mm-hmm. he's our favorite character. Um, Gene, the superhero, is dead. <laughs> Crazy Gene mm-hmm. is dead. And what I would imagine is a very messy kill scene to clean up. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. fortunately, it seems to be wooden, out of the wooden way. floor, wooden flooring in a sauna. Mm-hmm. Blood hits that. That ain't coming out. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're always gonna know that that happened there. Yeah, that that room is always gonna like whenever you put the water over the coals, that room is gonna taste of blood. But the best thing you can hope for here is that your insurance is gonna cover a replacement because the yeah. floor has <laughs> got to come up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, oh, so. Cut to a scene uh, up at. Oh no no! Uh, apologies. We're back with the kids at the cabin. Almost skipped ahead. <laughs> One second. So they've just closed the door. So yeah, thanks very much. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh, we know when dinner is. It's not a problem. Close the door. Right, guys. What the fuck are we going to do right now? We are fucked. Yeah. Um, and and so, Susan, Susan's all out with the we are fucked. Yes. She's like that. Someone's fucking with us. Someone's doing something. Um, I'm not happy about it, but we need to stay together, guys. And this is when Peter, or as I like to call him, idiot, mm-hmm. uh, in this scene, Peter comes up with this idea, and that idea is that they all just go to the police. Right. Look, I was talking to the computer about it, and <laughs> we're all going to have to get the hell out of here. The police are going to catch us. The uh, computer says there's a 73% chance that we'll all do time, but there's a 27% chance that we'll all be set free. Isn't that right, computer? Does not compute. Yes, I see. The numbers do not lie. <laughs> Make it so. I might have to bang it like Ziggy. <laughs> it's like, there's a, like he's like, and for a second, was it Andy, Ali, Andy? Andy. Yeah. Andy kind of is like, yeah, maybe this is what we should do and once again, Susan has to be the voice of reason here, and say, and what do we actually say? Right, like, what, we, like we that it was a prank that went wrong, or we we murdered the girl, and uh, is that what we're going to do? And we're all just gonna we're all just gonna do that. And then Peter comes over with a great line. He's like, "Let's be honest here. How many of you are actually happy in your life? Like, how many people have been able to leave this behind them, or how many people are yeah. living this?" I, this is why I think Susan dies is because she's the first that's like me. I'm cool. I got a I got a husband and a kid. I don't need any of this bullshit. Yeah, I'm I'm ready <laughs> then, to go right now. Yeah, but then Susan's the one that convened them all to go up there, which is the weird thing. It's like the duplicity of I'm fine. I'm you know I'm resolute in this, but at the same time we all need to get up here and remove this skeleton. Um, she's very practical about it, but Andy's the one who is kind of kind of you know she's like she's open and honest she's like a husk of herself mm-hmm. she's a bit emaciated and she wants us put over maybe that's what we should do and like susan calls bullshit because she says like you know you don't speak for all of us and she's like well let's put it to a vote then <laughs> want to play that game want to play the numbers game here let's play the numbers game andy who wants to go to the police oh just two who what who doesn't want to go to the police oh look three uh, i think the threes have it so both Andy and Peter leave the room and they follow the grand tradition of people that have listened to this show and they follow mm-hmm. our advice ball because they get down to some fucking... Right, it's a real guilt fuck too where it's like, I I feel really guilty. Yeah, so do I. I'm quite yeah. guilty. <laughs> I'm guilty of having a boner. Uh, but we, we get another flashback now. So our flashback again is to the showing of the slasher movie. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a, really is the most awkward third wheel situation here, unless you're Peter because you think you are in for a menage right. and you ain't getting that twa. Um, they're sitting <laughs> like on, they're sitting watching this what looks to be probably comparably bad slasher movie in relation to this show, <laughs> and a, a, a Romulan secret agent keeps going oh every time so like, oh that's like, oh I'm such a lightweight oh. 
And Andy's like, I understand What's... human males feel a need to protect frightened females. <laughs> well, Andy realizes there's no popcorn in this bowl left. So she goes away to get some after Peter says he's kind of going to do it. She's like, no, I can get it. And then there's, I was going to say harmless flirting. This goes beyond harmless flirting because this ends yeah. up with a Romulan under a sheet right beside Peter. And the two of them are making the fuck out of each other, Bo. This, right, this is all Peter's fault. As soon, yes. as, as, soon as he says, would you like to come under the blanket with me? Yeah. As soon as he says that, this is your fault. Yes. You know, you keep, like, you treat this like you are, you know, a, a doctor, you know, examining a female patient where you got somebody else in the room, you've got consent forms everywhere. Yeah. You, if this is a brand new lady to the camp and unless like, like you said, unless you're playing for the menage. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think he's playing for the menage. But I the, think only way you, the only way you ever play with the play for the menage is when you know for a fact that your partner has yes. fully signed off on this and has left you with the duty of finding the second Yes, if you are if you are a guy, a menage happens when the woman you're with says, "You Always. know, I've been th- I've been thinking about maybe doing something a little spicy in the bedroom." That is it. You do not bring it up. No, you, not, you never ever go near that. It is the l- relationship landmine. Yes, the, and only a woman can defuse it. Yes, so hundred percent, a hundred percent. And uh, but he invites her under, and she's still doing that. And then we essentially leave that scene. And that this show is not subtle with these flashbacks, so we understand straight away they fucked. Obviously, um, yeah. I, I mean the show doesn't take that long and tell them once again in the tradition of slasher where they set up something like, well, did they like the next scene? They say that they fucked. <laughs> so like, like, we've learned nothing here. Yeah. <laughs> like, Storytelling, the, the suspense is never in this show. It's always like, say, I'll have an answer straight away. Yes. And, and speaking of setting up and, and knocking them down, Mark Stroganoff gets a massage from Robin. <laughs> He's trying to sell my house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Robin's like, hey, so you're interested in some property up here? Is that right? Yeah, I'm two million in the hole that they did not address in the previous season. This is why I'm here living on his crest. <laughs> he changed his name and is hiding in the woods. <laughs> I get it. Good job, Robin. He said as soon as he sold the murder house, he was gone. Got a little cash in his pocket and fled the scene. <laughs> um Yeah, but I uh, yeah, and 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 they're kind of chit chatting about the there's bullet holes as you were mentioning earlier in yeah. uh and and Mark Stroganoff's shoulder, the, like scars of of bullets he's taken clearly. Yeah, and, and until until he explains these bullets, he will always be locked off to the grip ball. That's right. And like Robin's kind of touching him and giving him a little massage. He's like, you know, until you can open up about that day. And Mark Stroganoff is like, shut up, massage over. I'm gonna go get something. <laughs> and so he takes off outside. To like some gazebo where Andy uh, is having a postcoital smoke because, because she they, she just had a big bust up with Peter and that bust up yeah. involved essentially like I, I kind of loved that Andy became the the Sarah the name? Susan no she she Susan, totally yeah, she channeled Susan, Susan. she was like because like after sex like they're both lying there and. Peter's she's like, thinking so clearly because it's yeah. after sex for yeah. the first time in weeks she's like oh shit 
yeah, finally we'll, we'll, I can concentrate on something. Yeah, like Pierre's like that. So we're going to go down and speak to this police department. And she's like, oh, I don't know about that. And he's like, what do you not know? And she's like, well, let's play this out. We go down there. We do time. Like, But we, it's okay. We're a couple. And we don't get conjugal, conjugal visits because that doesn't work because right. we're both arrested. But at the end of it, we come out and we've got criminal records and no career and we're a bit older and uh, we have to move into a halfway house and we're on social security. And so, I mean, is that the life that you want? And he's like, you're kind of being mean right now. <laughs> okay. come, you're bumming me out a little bit, Andy. <laughs> Harsh in my buzz. And she's like, well, that's, I mean, that's what you're saying. And he's like, why are you speaking to me? Like, this is kind of my fault. And she's like, what? What is your fucking fault? And he's like, oh, really? Look at Andy, always playing the victim. Yeah. And then we jumped to her having a cigarette outside, all angry now, clear-headed and angry. Dangerous combination, Bo. Yes. Um, And Stroganoff comes out, like, smoking a whole baguette. (laughs) He's Well, when he comes out, Andy's smoking, and he's like, you know, if you ever want to, you know, go get something to eat sometime and just talk about your problems or something. I'm, I'm around. Like, I know a pretty good diner uh, here in town. It takes a while to get there, but man, they do some scrambled eggs. I'll blow your mind. I know scrambled eggs. Everybody makes scrambled eggs. This place is really, really good scrambled eggs. I have like three or four of them. And she said, she's like, oh, you're just out here to give me some speech about your stupid commune. And he's like, yeah. Honestly, I just want one of those cigarettes. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I had a big meal a minute ago, and nothing, <laughs> nothing is better after a big meal than a cigarette. And yeah, so it, it kind of tries to help her but by saying, "Duncan, if I could, yeah." She gives him the one she's already smoking, which is yep. a real dick move. Oh well, yeah, give but, him a fresh but, one. Well, she's going to be paid back in full for this in a minute. So <laughs> yeah, this is about. why she dies. This is why she spoilers. Uh, yeah, like I don't, I don't like. Uh, does anyone care more? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> also, it happens in like two minutes from now. But <laughs> so, like, basically, she explains that she, she and Peter have this sort of relationship where ultimately every time they try and reconcile, they end up getting in an argument. He always, I'm assuming, always throws it back that she likes to be the victim, which she hates, and. Mark Stroganoff here kind of calls it like he sees it, which is kind of how Peter sees it. He's like, well, maybe that's... You're the one that keeps putting yourself in that position by speaking to him. So maybe there is a part of you that likes to be the victim. You know, there's a a degree of pain and pleasure, very Cenobite. There's a degree like pain and pleasure that comes from being the victim. You're validated because all the attention is on you, but the negative side is the way you have to achieve it is by like conflict or turmoil. But, you know, the only way you can get out of that habit is by breaking that yourself. Mm -hmm. So it gives us some, like, I would say some fucking great advice. (laughs) Genuinely, yeah, it's sort of this notion of like, just you've got to leave everything on the field don't keep anything inside mm-hmm. be honest with yourself be honest with the people around you yeah i mean it is good advice yeah and- it's, it's, it's dbcc worthy mm-hmm. advice um and she's like all right cool so she then arranges to meet pete right she's gonna go right the idea is like hey we're gonna go get talvinder gill try to find talvinder gill's body <laughs> return the body to the Romulans. Yes. And at that point... And came to save the peace treaty. Right. Uh, and, 
<laughs> it's a race against the clock. Quite exciting for this episode. Um, and <laughs> so they're going to go find this body. And Sarah, or not Sarah, Andy shows up with this shovel. And yep. instead of finding Peter, she finds, one presumes, the body of Talvinder Gill. Which we're going to get into why it can't be at the end of this episode. So we have a, a well, a, well, I think it is. Yes. But we're going to find out why it can't possibly be. But we'll get to that. Um, okay. Yeah, but the body's all hung up and there's like, uh, the, the, I mean, it's all blackened and the hair's still attached and it's all kind of withered with the clothing. It's all strung out in a particular way. And while she's horrified looking at the skeleton, our mass killer runs up behind her and smacks her in the back of the head with a bit of wood. Dude, uh, I love this shot. I, I because it's a, it's a real wind up of the dude like running towards her from behind with with the wood cocked. It reminds me there's a in the Friday the Thirteenth remake and the first. So the first 20 minutes of that movie is legit great. And then the rest is diminishing returns every 10 minutes it's on the screen. But the first 20 minutes is great. And there's a scene like where it's right at the bit where they get the clothes in the credits, um, where they have Jason basically running with a machete, like straight towards the camera. And you just never saw him move that fat, fast or anything like that. But the, the way the shot is set up, from the kind of ground level looking at it, it's fucking brilliant. And it made me like always think, why does he not do more running? <laughs> like always yeah. running. Um, but the like you get this as well, and I I really like it. I'll, I'll applaud them because of snow. I love snow, as I said. We don't have enough snow-based slasher movies that I love, but the idea of him like running silently trudging through the snow towards her, the right. camera kind of out of focus and then focusing in as it comes into the back to hit her. It's a great fucking shot. Yeah. The next, like what happens to Andy is fucking ridiculous, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, Cause that's not how blood works, but um, basically like Peter's out trying to find her. Um, yeah. I know. I told her I was going to meet her up here with a shovel. I hope she brought one. Yeah, where is she? Why is she away here? This feels weird. Um, And then we cut to... (laughs) Andy is tied to the ground. Yeah, like staked on the ice, arms even. It's not ice, it's snowball, which is the first thing. Like, with a good wiggle, that stake's coming out. Like, you know what I mean? It's fucking snow. (laughs) It's not like it's yeah. not concrete, but she's but she's doing a scene and she's like, ah! she is yeah, she <laughs> seems very upset. And and the this killer who is just like in you know, a pile of clothes and hoodies and jackets and stuff. Yeah. That, like there's nothing really uh, reminds me of the killer from uh, Don't Go Into the Woods Alone, if you've ever seen that. I have not seen that. Terrible slasher movie from 1981. It basically is just a, looks like a patchwork killer. Yeah. Um, he's just like, <laughs> clearly, wardrobe were having an off day. <laughs> just like wore whatever he wanted, and that's what the killer had to look like. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like that, but he stands over her, and then a puncture in either side of the neck, and then Peter ultimately finds her. Mm-hmm. But he finds her bled out, lying, and the blood has resembled the pattern of angel wings. Every time a killer strikes, an <laughs> angel gets its wings. That's now, right. 
That's right. Now, the the only way that could have possibly happened, because the neck is up here, Bob, is if the, the only way that could have possibly happened is if the killer then ferried the blood down and then in some sort of art attack, like started sending a, a weaver, which just feels like very elaborate and very over the top. Or and just... just to really pump it out like he grabs her ankles and just really shoves <laughs> to push the yeah it's like one of those like one of those old-fashioned wells where you have to use the pump handle yeah i was thinking of like those rail cars like the two people rail cars <laughs> should i get every last drop out like that's not like the blood's <laughs> going to come out a little bit but the heart's going to stop pretty quick and then the yeah. blood's not going to come out anymore the only way that would happen is if she was upside down um and the blood was left to drain out but anyway like those practicalities aside Uh uh, Peter arrives too late sees her dead and um, I'm like well is that I mean the police are going to get called surely Um, and then we switch back to the cabin and won't you know it uh, Robin can't make a connection to Tim right yeah there's no way to call Jean's vanished Um, Mm -hmm. and Peter's sitting there just like like spaced out and the the woman whose name I forget who's kind of like the the wife who's really the kind of she is the leader of the commune yeah much she's like I think you need to take him back to his room so he can you know he can even out and you know he's went through a lot of trauma maybe get a sleep or whatever and we'll keep trying to phone the sheriff and see if we can get the sheriff out here but the connection sometimes drops off and it can sometimes take a while before it reconnects so We'll see what we can do. I mean, out with that, there's not a lot that can be done. Um, and we ultimately finish this episode by jumping back to another flashback. Oh, wait, no, because we go oh. back to the cabin first, Duncan. Yes, right, yes. Because th- they open up the cabin where they're like, yeah, everything's great up here. Thunk, holy right. shit, you guys. And then... <laughs> the- this, is the bit, this is the bit where I audibly said, oh, fuck off because i was thinking to myself this does has a kind of i know what you did last summer feel and mm-hmm. they go to the cabin and close the door and <laughs> and it says i know what you did five years ago at camp it says i know what yo y-o yeah i just want no you yeah well they, you know it, it was probably off camera I was thinking. I was thinking. thinking, Is this a nod to your next? Because in the movie, your next, if memory serves, the original your next that's written on the wall is missing the very comma. So, I think, like for you are next, which is what should be as as opposed to while you are. Um, Maybe I like that. I feel is giving. Aaron Martin a little more credit than maybe like the I want set to. Design, like they put the wrong guy in the set design to do the guy who's like guy who's not good at English. Um so like but yeah, so they see that there's a kind of <gasps> Yeah, they just then, yeah, like hired a union crew up there that that's all Spanish speaking. <laughs> we, yeah, we I, I need you to write I I know that you killed Talvinder Gill at camp. <laughs> see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, you got it. No, no K's. Just write it. Okay. C. <laughs> no C. Well, uh, maybe there's a C. I don't just get it done. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we jump to the flashback. So in the flashback, we get the elongated scene after the Talvinder getting dragged off the stone and Peter getting, you know, dragged into the ground. And this argument continued out with Talvinder like, 
her eyes clawed to fuck, right? Barely being able to see against a rock, just going, I won't tell anyone, I won't tell anyone. And Susan's like, this bitch has to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And, but while they're debating, it's like you see Andy in the background and she has that moment where she's like, enough of this bullshit. Yep. And so she just grabs a big-ass rock, Duncan. Now, this is why it can't be the skeleton, <laughs> because she grabs a big-ass rock and crushes Talvinder's face, which did not look crushed as a skeleton. Uh, Unless someone has meticulously glued it all back together. That's not how a skull works. See, if a I skull mean, caves in, it's gone, Bo. You're right. Also, I still think it's the body of Talvinder Gill. Well, that's what I'm saying. It totally yeah. is the body. But this show has set up something which, like, would would all but make it not possible. Like, Are you know you, what I mean? You're not suggesting that no, maybe no, Slasher I'm, is not an excellent television li- show. Or like, literally, literally, what I'm saying is this most likely was Talvin Durgill, right? Like, almost a hundred percent was. But the setup for her death is so egregiously dumb because we've seen that skeleton now. It's so egregiously dumb. That it just had me sitting there going, is he trying to pull a fucking fast one here? No. Is it like, yeah, so like we now know why Andy's the first one to die, mm-hmm. because Andy was the one that killed her. Yeah. And so, and yeah, and that's the end of the show is the revelation. Oh, that's yeah. the end of the show altogether. No, no, no. You just the end of this episode. <laughs> oh, oh no. if only. Like, one. this season's one episode long. Um <sighs> <laughs> Duran Duran, here we come. Yay. Uh so yeah, that that's where the the premiere ends. Um it's it's real dumb. It, so like I dumb. In, in a way and especially now that we've talked about it, I'm like, okay, th- this is a nice groundwork for a good time this season. Yeah. But, but we know the format. We yes. know the for- this is the same format as before. Every episode we're going to get something about a character and that character will die at the end. I hope that we have the kind of, you know, breakneck whips and pans around the plot of like, oh, all of a sudden here's a subplot about somebody keeping somebody in their basement. Great. Yeah, um, well, we, the, thing, the thing about it is they need to, like, either everyone dies in a weekend, right, or a blizzard happens because... After that first death and not being able to make contact with the police mm-hmm. within the first twenty four hours, someone's on one of those snowmobiles back to the cars to get help. Yeah, right. The, it, the blizzard is a good call. Also, yeah. if, if we learn some secret about the Borg uh, having, yeah. well, some... this is this is the other thing. Like, why did they uncover the body, or are they fucking with these kids, or is one of them in this retreat? the broken remnants of the one of the parents I, is, yeah, it, is there okay. a Gillen here somewhere or what yes. is what I, is going on because that's the only way it kind of makes sense yeah I, I i i totally think that's what it is i'll give you my early prediction for the killer my either it's mark stroganoff or i this sounds out of left field but it could also be young handsome dude that we only got a glimpse of this episode that's like it's weird that they're up here right yeah Uh, that dude because he's also the one who was kind of putting it in judah's head that like we shouldn't trust them you know yeah Um, i think it might be i'm going slightly off to the side at the moment i'm i'm doubling down with steak guy okay and the reason because he's the last one in the commune Uh uh-huh 
which makes me think he, you know, he's just been up there a few months, uh, maybe because he anticipated them coming back up. Um, or, I don't know, like, part of me still thinks it may be someone in the guilty party who is the guilty party. Um, it could very well be a Susan who has brought them all there. She's already removed the skeleton um, because she was the one that advanced set up the fucking murder pit. Uh, she's already removed the skeleton. She's brought them all up there to get rid of them one by one because these are the only people that could potentially ruin her perfect life. Computer, give us a mystery so good even data can't figure it out. And the thing is, I know for a fact that we're going to work out who the killer is well in advance. Yeah. Uh, and then it's going to, well, maybe not as quick as Cam as we were in the first episode of the previous one. We're putting forward our predictions, but I do get the feeling that it's not going to be a worthwhile journey to get to it. And I'm kind of all right with it. See if it retains this level of fucking stupidity, yeah. then there's going to be plenty of ridicule. So we have yeah. no worrying about, are we being too mean on Slasher Ball? Look, are we probably too mean? Sure. Um, no, but also no, it's kind of a dumb show. It, like if, and, and for those people, like we've had people, they're like, I really like slasher season two, or I like slasher season three, by all means continue to like it. The fact that we're goofing on it, please do not let that, uh, interfere oh, no. with your enjoyment There's, of yeah, each, each to their own. Like I yes. said before, there is a fan of some, everything somewhere in the world you know someone who really loves something that everyone else doesn't and that shouldn't ever color the way you look at something or appreciate something just to me um and the thing is between me and Bo I'm the bigger slasher fan not tv show genre Mm -hmm. I'm the bigger slasher fan but I, I call it like I see it and this is I mean, like, 1997 phoned and wants it set up and script back, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just so, like, this is what was this, 2017, I think, is when this came out, 2018. So we are, like, 20 years past when these sort of movies were being made, and it's, it's not even trying to put, like a, like, a new spin on it. It is just all the cliche and none of the wit. Um... Yeah, yeah. 2017, I did confirm this is uh, only uh, uh, three or four years old at this point. So, yeah, yeah. I know what you did last summer came out in 97, so it's um, it's 20 years. You're right, uh, the 20-year anniversary of I Know What You Did Last Summer. It's a 20-year itch, this is what happens. Every 20 years, art repeats itself, so um, this is is them taking a a swing at it. And, I mean, if you can pull the ball over my eyes and give me, the setting has me in. Like, I love the idea of isolated, um, you know, snow-covered territory and a killer. I am totally cool with that. But they need to they need to start making moves here in a direction that, that kind of makes sense or adds a bit more kind of, adds more viable red herrings because at the moment I'm kind of seeing through all of them. Yeah, and I think it's because we're fresh off the heels of season one that we kind of have a sense of where Aaron Martin likes to go with these things. Yeah. But like you said, for as much as we goof on it, I love the fact that these... The one thing I will say about Slasher as a series is it's not dull. Mm-hmm. And and the second it gets boring is when it all falls apart. Like, I can go with this... this <laughs> 
this really dumb premise <laughs> and, uh, that we're on in like Mark Stroganoff and the whole cult and all that stuff. All that stuff I'm totally on board for as long as you keep the story moving. And that's why I do like those just, you know, neck breaking plot twists that send you careening into some other story like in season one. And yeah. I'm totally fine with all of that. Just keep doing that and I will we will keep doing this and keep having a good time with it uh, all the way up until the gorgeous face of David Cronenberg <laughs> appears on our screens to, to let us know that it's all been worth it. It's all been worth it, Bo Ransdell. Uh, speaking all of be being worth it. worth it, Duncan, where can people find more out of you uh, should they want to continue their journey into the cranium of one Duncan McLeish? They should check out podcast under the stairs um, and all its various sub shows. Um, all found at tputzcast t p u t s c a s t dot com. Um, you've got shows like Where to Begin with, which is looking at full found footage documentary mockumentary movies at the moment. Um, Down the nasty, which is looking at the tier three video nasty list from nineteen eighty four. Um, or something like Chronicle, which is about to come back with a new spin on it that I'm very much looking forward to doing and announcing. And Opera Omnia, where myself and this guy here, Bo Ransdell, are going through the Fincher filmography. This month, we will be looking at Panic Room, which I'm very excited. That's what I'm watching tonight. So I'm very excited to oh. see where that lands. Do, um, do not be shy to send me a message. Uh, as And you can start with just an apology. <laughs> if you like. Well, I'm sorry, Bo. You were right. This movie rocks. I'm sorry, Bo. I can't write that. I'm, um, so- <laughs> I'm very I'm very ugly. You're very attractive. You're very <laughs> smart. I'm very dumb. Any oh, of those are fine. Yeah, I know I know how this goes. Um never <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's so they're, they're doing that. Podcast under the stairs is trundling on with tons of content at the moment, looking at a couple of different box sets, about to start a Russian roulette franchise retro on the Urban Legend trilogy before moving into the I Know What You Did Last Summer trilogy next month. The Scream trilogy will follow up, sorry, the Scream quadrology will follow the month after that, and then One Miss Call the month after that. And we're almost at Summer Series time, so yeah, it's going to be busy time over there, but I'm looking forward to breaking up those serious efforts. Question mark. Uh, with plenty of bants over here doing some slasher. Uh, as always you can find everything at legionpodcasts.com uh, or legion podcasts on instagram and twitter and youtube uh all of those places uh i i thank everyone for for listening for watching um if you like what you're you're seeing and or hearing uh the one thing i would ask you to do is uh share the love a little bit you know if you know somebody who's interested in a, a new podcast or uh something uh, real dumb to watch on YouTube. Uh, we have both of those things in spades. Um, mm-hmm. Also, uh, thanks to everyone who joined us for the chat. Uh, Alan chiming in with a couple of notes before we get out of here. Uh, first of all, don't Romulan bones heal two months after they die? Uh, that that seems like science. Yes. And then and then leaves this little tidbit <laughs> in the chat. I am so looking forward to when the penny drops for this season. I don't know what that means, but I am uh, very excited to learn. So, uh, Duncan, as always, thank you for joining me on this adventure. 
and there is nothing left to to do but to say say good night duncan Good night, Duncan. No, number one. <laughs> behave. Oh, behave. <laughs> <And> naughty. <laughs> <laughs>